Live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. We are live. Oh, it's a great Monday. What a weekend it was for the Sacramento Kings. We said it was a big test on Friday night. Pass that test. Pass. Then yesterday, they go to OKC, get the win. The Kings all of a sudden have won three games in a row, and what an epic weekend it was. And we're going to talk all about it today. Shout out to G-Man, 3,000 career mm. games. So I was going to say wins. Definitely not wins. <laughs> Definitely not wins. But we got a jam-packed show today. Super excited. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, and Chris Watkins hanging out what with us up? here in this first hour today because there's just so much to get to today. Yep. And we got a jam-packed show, as I mentioned we're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about the Kings. Crazy weekend in the NBA. And one of my favorite people, I, I don't know the guy, but just from oh. the outside looking in. I thought he was talking about me. Who? An AEW wrestler. Oh. And you're going, a wrestler? I'm not into wrestling. Are you into inspirational stories? Are you into overcoming the odds? Ooh. Or do you want to get fired up today? Yes. Then at 1 o'clock, we're going to be joined by AEW's Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Dude. Love that guy. Yes. Love that yes. guy. Uh, how's everybody doing? Well, I'm good. Yeah? Um, I mean, I had a fun, fun weekend. Yeah. You know, I had a full day off on Saturday. Yeah. What are those like? Uh, it was it was one of those things where it's like, oh, I have so much I need to get done. Like, when you have a day off, you usually have to get errands and everything. Right. And I plopped myself down on the couch and watched Real Housewives. So that was fun. Um, but, oh, yeah. Also... We had a weekend full of Kings basketball, but it was fun Kings basketball. So I am fantastic. Feeling good. I just feel like I still have chills from what we witnessed in L.A. Correct. Yeah. It was epic. I mean, 176, 175 in double overtime. It's one of those games that you don't have to be a Kings fan to appreciate. You could just be, hey, I'm an NBA fan. I had that game on. You would have been going insane watching that game. Down 14 in the fourth quarter. Down six in overtime. Down six in double overtime. I know last night was fine, but Friday and I, I can't, I can't get over what we witnessed. No, it almost feels like we should have like had a break. Like we should have had a, another. Br- also, we just had the All Star break, but like take another couple days off Thank just you. to fully appreciate what they had done. Like 176, 175 is. <laughs> It's not even video game numbers. Like, if I'm playing 2K and I sim a game and it's 176, 175, I'm like, this game is broken. Yeah, like, yeah. this is a trash game. This is not real. It, insane. Like, how, just, how incredible. How were you after? Because think about it. Chris Watkins had Kings Chris Weekly. Watkins. Yeah, I did. The day after. You know, so it wasn't like, oh, you're coming in on a Saturday morning just to yeah. talk about a Kings game or a Kings win. Like, I felt like I wanted to talk about that game for 24 hours yeah. longer. What what did what was that like for you? Were you just still beaming? Hey, yeah. I see what I've you did been, there. I see what you did. Lot. I know. Yeah, I mean, like it was definitely one of the few times where it was like, why do I have to wait 16 <laughs> more hours to get on? I was jealous of you. You guys went on yeah. that night. I was like, this is you can you literally go on all night just off of emotion, off of energy mm. that that game had given us and you know there was there's unlimited things to talk about from that game. I mean, I just think that there's there's so many different plot lines and storylines and you know 
the fact that, you know, Sabonis goes out in the first overtime, they still survive that. You mentioned the fact that they have all of those comebacks throughout the game. The fact that there was no, I mean, I don't want to, I, I keep saying that there was no defense played because of the point total, but the reality of the situation was they were playing defense. Just yes. Absolutely insane shot making. What got them back yes. in that game in the fourth quarter? Doesn't I that mean, sound insane? 150 stops? points and defense is what yeah. eventually won them the game. I mean, they had the, the, Two straight possessions where they forced turnovers and scores. Then you had the offensive foul that they drew, and you're like, oh, my God, they're it's a five-point game? Right. Are they going to do something? It was just epic. And it was one of those nights you just felt like, oh, like, if you had any doubt about this team, yes. which I think they're still – just because it's Sacramento, sure. where there's some doubt, like, okay, are they are they good? Like, mm-hmm. are they going to drop here after the All-Star break? Look, to do what they did Friday night yeah. on the road – by the way, second night of a back-to-back, Russell Westbrook's debut, Kawhi scored 21 points in the third quarter, didn't miss a shot, and you escape with a win? Like, that's just a big-time performance, and it goes to show you, like, oh, no, no, this team is good. And now people around the league are starting to go, like, oh, I don't know that we want to face the Kings because they are, although they have shortcomings— they're so explosive offensively. But it's not only the way that, obviously— what they're capable of doing on the offensive end that teams around the league already know about, right? It was the way, like you guys are saying, the defense that was being played, not only throughout the game, but especially at the end of the fourth, at the end of the overtimes. Like, guys stepping on the gas, going up, putting the pressure on, taking the ball away from Paul George, getting hands in the passing lane. Like, you just saw such a locked in engaged defense by the Sacramento Kings, especially it. I hope that gives so many doubters out there, me being one of them as a doubter of their defense in right. a postseason. Um, it gives doubters that that faith that, like, hey, maybe team defense, this type of really good team defense can come together and can get things done, even if they can't get it done all year long. It also starts with De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. And the leap he has made this year has been incredible. And I felt like I noticed something different with the guy at the end of last season in that uh, postseason press conference Mm -hmm. when he was very critical of himself, when he said that they needed structure. Talked about accountability. I'm like, oh, this guy, like, he wants to be coached. Yeah. He got that in Mike Brown, and Mike Brown challenged him from the start. Like, I've seen you play defense before. You haven't been playing defense. And it's gotten better and better. Fox's confidence right now has never been higher. And it's one thing for offensive confidence. You know, guys like playing offense. When you're scoring the ball, you're feeling good. But dude is bringing it defensively. And when you don't have rim protection, when you don't have, like, some elite shot blocker back there, you better be able to defend at the point of yep. attack, and Fox is getting in the guys right now. Yeah, how many clutch steals has he had these past couple games? I mean, he's he's really locked in defensively, and you know it's it it translates right directly to their offense. I was watching um, I was watching the Warriors game yesterday uh, for a little bit, and something that really struck me was just you know what really made the Warriors so deadly in their in, in their Kevin Durant run. Yes, their offense was ridiculous, but when they were able to lock in defensively and get stops, that's when they were truly at their most dangerous because their offense couldn't be stopped. Their offense was inevitable. It was They were going to score on the other end. 
But if you could stop the other team from scoring, that's when they would go on their 9-0, 12-0 runs, and it becomes where it was a 3-5 to five point game, all of a sudden becomes yeah. 20 points and you're out of reach for the rest of the game. Because it's also, it's one of those things where it, it helps create offense, right? You yes. know, like you look at some of these teams that do such a good job of just um, being able to not set up in a half-court offense and go, go, right. go. Well, like you're saying, that those Warriors teams were able to not only set up in a half-court offense, they were able to capitalize on a steal, yeah. on a good defensive possession, push the ball out and go. And that's exactly what you see from the Kings. It doesn't matter if it's a bust out from Domas Sabonis getting a defensive board and pushing and going, or if it's even just Keegan Murray with his hands in the passing right. lane, a deflection, boom, to HB, push up. Like, everyone's running their their lanes. Everyone knows where to be on the floor at the right time. And they really know how to get the score and finish off the play, whether it's a fast break play, in transition three, it doesn't matter. I saw one insane De'Aaron Fox stat. What? In the month of February, he is 28 for 30 at the rim. At the rim? It's insane. I mean, That's... he's missed two shots. I mean, he's... In the wow. Feb- the February numbers right. for him are absurd. In the month of February, he is averaging now... I want to... I just had in front of me, where did it go, Deuce Mason? Here we go. 32 points, okay. 56% shooting, mm. 34% from three, just under 10 free throw attempts per game, 79%, 7.3 assists, four rebounds, and two steals. His 32 points in the month of February is second in the NBA. It's just it's just insane, just the growth that he's had this year. He's just tightened up. We, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but he's just tightened up every little part of his game. And the fact that he's able to finish at the rim at those percentages mm. when he's not a shooter, yeah. I feel like is not talked about enough. I mean, you know, you're you're naturally if, if you're a great three point shooter, you're going to have people really focus. You see it happen with Steph Curry all the time. People are going to crash out on you. It makes it really easy to just kind of pump fake and drive the lane. Mm-hmm. But with De'Aaron, people are sitting back. They know where he's trying to get. They know he wants to get in the paint. It just doesn't matter. He's too quick. He's too good at getting to his spots and. You know, he's just been so crazy efficient. It's insane. The Like you're saying, the fact that he gets there, gets there, and then finishes off the play. Deuce and I were talking about this last night, about the way a year ago he put on a lot of yeah. weight, and it, it was noticeable, right? Yeah. And it didn't translate well. Yeah. It's it, like my weight right now. It's, like, I, I weighed myself. Almost, yeah. Two, no, since, yeah. December, mm-hmm. since December, I put on eight pounds. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a dad. Oh, bar. in the gut. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, it's all in the gut. I, well, De'Aaron's was in like the shoulders yeah, and the arms. I know, arms. I know, but his weight wasn't good. Yeah, so Mine yours was not is good. Either. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. okay, got it. So, so I can relate. There. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, super yeah. relatable. Sure. So now you're looking at the weight that's put on De'Aaron Fox right now. This is what we were saying about uh, talking about him last night. It's strength. It's not just muscle that you can look at right. that he looks bigger. It's muscle that has actually made him more explosive yes that that has allowed him to go into a guy's chest that's allowed him to body up somebody and finish at the rim 28 for 30 or whatever the hell it was in february physical yeah he's not he 
there have been times in the past where it didn't look like he wanted to embrace that contact. we got to yeah. talk more about this game coming up. Uh, we're taking a break on the radio side for 60 seconds. We always stay live at YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. What was your favorite moment of the Kings weekend? We'll talk about it in the chat. Also, hit us up 1-800-920-1140. It's Do Simone with Chris Watkins yeah. on Sacktown Sports. On Sacktown Sports. Oh, it's so good to be live after a fun weekend. Imagine if the Kings lost both games. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't sucks. be here. It'd be tough. I wouldn't they, come in. They've won three in a row, though. It feels so good, especially what we saw Friday night. We even talked about yesterday's win against OKC. Appreciate everyone watching us live in the YouTube chassis. Martin in there, Tina. Appreciate Jamar, Daniel, Roger, Josue. You guys are the best. If you're in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button. just helps us grow. If you're driving around right now, yeah, you can watch us live and interact with us live at YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. We have so much content. What what are you pumping, Chris, for Lod? Um, You gave a fist pump. Yeah, I just realized that was just for me. (laughs) I just found out I got credentialed for Revolution. Yeah! You're going to see my buddy Eddie Kingston live in San Francisco. Wow, covering AEW. And I hate I that you guys saw recap. me. I expect a full recap. I look over there and Chris does a double pump. I'm like, what happened? Did I miss something? This is why we need a camera on Chris at all times. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that at okay. some point. I appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. One of my favorite parts of this weekend, there's so much to go over. Talk about after the game. We talk about a statement win against the Clippers. I felt like the Kings felt like it was a statement game for themselves. Hell yeah. Darren Fox, Malik Monk, post-game, asked about the Clippers and uh, what they felt about winning that game. What's the statement that you guys have made tonight as the Sacramento Kings? Uh, was, it talk, was it thoughts about Westbrook or was it thoughts about us? Because I don't give a, I don't, I don't give a f- who's over there. Yeah, we ain't worried about that. It doesn't matter. Yeah, some, man, we here. We you, here. See, you see the league, the talent in this league. There are a lot of talented teams. Obviously, he added talent to this team. Um, but we come in, we worry about us. We here too, though. We coming at everybody, for oh, sure. We're wait, here too, wait. though. We're coming at everybody. Deuce, all three of us, all three of us at the camera as the audio is going on. We're just like ah. pumped, going at it, like yeah, yeah. We feel the energy. Yeah. How do you not feel In that my vibe? Veins. Right? In my veins. And you put that on top of what Terrence Davis said the other day. Like these guys, man, they hey. feel it. They are locked in. Well, we wondered how are they going to come out. After the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Some pretty nice. I know they took on a shorthanded Blazers team. Beat them. But they took care of... Bi- That's care the of business. thing, you guys. Yeah. Even though they didn't come out strong, yeah. adversity hit. They faced it. They came back stronger. Then you think about handling the Clippers in a double overtime affair. In LA. Second mm-hmm. I have a back-to-back. And then even yesterday against OKC, I don't care that SGA is not playing. Like, what? It's a third game in four nights. You're on the road. That team is competitive. They play hard. They would not go away. Kings win that game. Now you take care of business. Go beat OKC Tuesday and get ready for a rematch Friday night at Gold. Imagine mm. going once in a Friday night. Woo. Kings if it's not Clippers. Packed, it better be packed. Oh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be eighteen thousand yeah. standing room. Ooh. Yeah. Wait. Okay, you guys. This is Deuce knows this. Chris, you might know this. I'm very much a realist, right? Like where oh, sometimes God. people think that. <laughs> No, no, you're going to like this. Sometimes people think that's like 
a negative thing where yeah, I'm like, sure. no, I just this is how I feel. This is how I analyze and talk about. I think things. everybody thinks they're a realist. <laughs> yes, thank really? you. For, <laughs> thank you really? for I, I don't think people generally are like, I know I'm being wild, but really? well, I think a lot of uh, a well, lot of I, my a lot of my takes though. I think really maybe piss they people and, off. Yeah. You know sure, where it's yeah. like it's they're like you're oh, so same. negative. Okay. You know definitely, what I mean? And I'm like, same, yeah. I'm like, no. I think if anything, I'm more realistic about the topic. But sure. whatever. After these last three games, and maybe it's prisoner of the moment, and I'm still like beaming off this whole weekend. Whatever you want to say. Twice. I mean, yeah. I well, what should I say? I'm I'm like jazzed. You're feeling the jazzed. High. I'm jazzed <laughs> off this weekend. Um, I feel like this team has taken. Their squad, their play, their mentality to a different level since All-Star break. Like, I think I think Mike Brown set the little fire with the, hey, we're the hunted comments. And I think that wasn't just publicly. I think they had these conversations behind the scenes. And I have felt a different vibe from the squad really stepping on the gas. And I'm feeling super confident going forward, even into this OKC game coming up again yeah and you don't know if sga's playing i don't i have no idea it, we wasn't but it, out doesn't for rest. Matter. it doesn't matter yeah exactly and the other thing that should be talked about is they're 17 and 13 on the road mm-hmm. that's the best road record in the western conference yeah and then 35 and 25 a jason ross's stat that he put out last night just blew me away it shouldn't surprise me because this team hasn't seen a lot of winning in 38 years but in 25 of the 38 seasons in sacramento they have not had 35 wins in a season. And here they are, 35 with, what, 22 to play, mm-hmm. I think? Yeah, 22 to play, yep. Good job. Good math. I mean, it's it, – so it, the whole point of that is, yeah, 35 wins. But my optimism isn't wild, right, about what, what I feel about this team in the second – not in the second half, but since All-Star break? No, I, no, I feel like – I agree with you. I mean, okay. I, I, I see their approach. See, I feel yeah. like that's, like, no. crazy for me to say. I don't think oh. so. I mean – I can't speak to the players themselves. I think, you know, their post-game comments have have leaned towards that. But speaking for myself, I think definitely that Clipper game, I'm going to look back. Like, I have different feelings about what the potential of this team is. I think they answered a lot of questions that I had about, you know, even being able to survive a game like they they just played. But, you know, I I think it's still – we are definitely riding the high oh, of yeah. this three game. Like, you, there's a, there's be... still chances that the Kings get blown out by the Celtics and sure, blown sure. out by the Bucks, and then we're like, well, maybe this team isn't great against some of the top tier. Yeah. But uh, I think it's not wrong to feel better about this team right now. There's a clear, there's clearly tier teams ahead level, of them. Right, yeah, yes. and they're in a different tier than yeah. those teams you just mentioned. But I mean. This year, it seems like when the Kings have had these big-time matchups, it's the other team is sitting out a player. Yeah. It's like, oh, Embiid and Harden are playing, or this guy, Jokic, is one. not playing. Or, there's always some guy missing or right. whatever. The last two big games that they've had, I go back to that Saturday game against Dallas at home. Sure. Yep. Luka and Kyrie played. A, yep. Another one of those games that felt like a playoff intensity going back and forth. Kings win in overtime. The next big game against a premier opponent that had been playing well, the Clippers, goes a double overtime. You find a way to win. I was so curious to see how this team was going to respond, taking on talented teams that are kind of in the same area as them in close games with the full squad. Last couple of matchups, they've handled it well. And I think that's a sign of growth, too. It's like this team is coming out prepared. They can get buckets on you. They're starting to get some timely stops. 
De'Aaron Fox is taking a leap. Keegan Murray? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last night was really good. Like, Yeah, you guys, I'm telling I, I think you talk about these teams being a different tier of team, right? Uh, obviously. Uh, they have ex- postseason experience, all those different things. I just have this feeling that what the Kings are since the All-Star break is what they are, and it's sure. what they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, and when I say that, I hope people understand that it's like I'm talking about this is a different tier of basketball team, not the top tier, but truly as a team, a different tier. And it just it really excites me going forward, even for all these tough matchups that you bring up. Yeah, I think a big thing that Mike Brown has talked about a couple different times is. He talked with uh, St. Mary's college coach Randy Bennett about what he did to build his program, and the thing that he really took from him was instilling confidence. He wishes that he could have instilled the confidence in his team that, hey, you guys belong here, and like we, you know, you guys with the coaching and the time you've put in deserve to be along in the conversations with all the other great teams that that play this game. And I think that's something that maybe these this three-game stretch here is maybe done for this team is having them believe, like, you guys you guys took a legit – the Clippers could very well yep. come out of the West this year. Yep. Yeah. And you took a heavyweight punch to the jaw from a heavyweight and lived to tell the story and actually succeeded. <laughs> and that should yes. really make you feel like we can realistically take on anybody or at least compete with every team. And that's really all you can ask for. It's not necessarily – Wins and losses, they come and they go, but Mike Brown talks about being process-oriented as well. It's about being competitive. It's about doing the right things and putting yourself in the situation to succeed. Well, coming up next, we're going to talk more about this Wild Kings weekend. 2-0 this weekend. They play again Tuesday on the road against OKC before taking on the Clippers team back at home Friday night. The Clippers, as someone in the chat Roger was mentioning, uh, play the night before against the Golden State Warriors. So yeah. I don't know if we'll see a situation where Kawhi, PG-13, maybe rest. I hope not. Stop being cowards. Play your guys. I mean, if they're going to rest, don't you think it might be Golden State? Yeah, that's true. They they're, they, they got to get amped up for a, a matchup against the Kings. Ooh. They got to win that game. They do. I think really that's, do. that's the tiebreaker, yeah. right, as well? Yeah, that could, that could be huge come the end of the season. Let's go. This is too fun right now. Also, we want to hear from you. You can give us a call, 916-339-1140, or pop in the chat. What was your favorite moment of this Kings weekend? We'll talk about it next. It's Deuce and Mo alongside Chris Watkins on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. Keegan going for an encore. He's got the triple from the right corner this time. Keegan Murray knocking down back-to-back threes. And the Kings lead it 72-59, to equaling their biggest lead of the ballgame. Steal Fox, breakaway Fox, windmill. Rip it with the left hand. Says raise the roof as he heads back up the floor. Two palms extended toward the rafters. And the Kings have their biggest lead of the ballgame. They're on top, 74-59. to that was amazing. G-Man calling his 3,000th career Kings game last night. It's Deuce and Mo alongside Chris Watkins. Just basking in what took place over the weekend. Stephen Brown was just saying in the chat, that Fox lift the roof was also nasty. Yeah. One, seeing Fox dunk again. 
And that yeah. was something Malik Monk said in like an interview with yeah. Kings, the Kings content team before the season it was like, oh yeah, he's going to be dunking again. No joke. The guy has been dunking more than ever. We're like last year. Like, Does he not dunk anymore? Yeah, it was. I didn't. What I don't know what it was I, because he obviously it's like he was explosive. He was quick. He was capable. He didn't want to jump. I think he wasn't inspired. He was weighed down. He was weighed down, was weighed down yeah. with what was happening here for years. Yeah, He's serving his body. Going out. And oh. maybe. And. Uh, oh, cool. I need some help. What do we got? Uh, we're gonna draft a point guard. Okay. Okay. What about next draft? Another. We're going to draft the point guard. I mean. Yeah. No, that would weigh down. Now he's got, some, he's got some help around him. His to buddy Monk's here. To lift him up. Yes. And make him dunk. Dude, his connection with. I, Malik Monk has been so crucial for like. Vibes. The vibes around the team. Yeah. Like, I mean, of course, 45 points in that double overtime game off the bench. Right. He had 15 going into the fourth quarter. Ends up with 45. It was insane. But, dude, he even when Monk was struggling in January, he just brings still a passion there. and yes. edge, a swagger. Mm-hmm. He, that post-game presser that we, we played between those two, they were just vibing off each other there, too. You know, Chris, Lorraine Fox called in one time. Yes, and, that was great. Yeah, and we were talking to her. And, and when we talked about Malik Monk, you know, she was just like, kind of how we all felt. It was so relatable. It was talking about how... Uh, even going back to AAU, he has yeah. those chaotic moments, yeah. and you're just like, "What are you doing?" Oh, yes, you yeah. know, like the no, and, no yeses. Yes, yeah. 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 And and what I love about it is, I feel like he's he's gotten it more and more under control. Yeah. Like he knows how to control his chaos, uh, and if anything, it brings a different type of energy. Yeah, he's definitely that kind of player. You know, like a. Um... Like a J.R. Smith kind, not, you know, definitely not exactly similar, but in terms of their energy of like, they truthfully believe that they can hit any shot. It almost seems like the more difficult the shot it is, the easier it is for them to make. Um, And the Kings haven't had a guy like that. I I can't really think of a, you know, Isaiah Thomas had elements of it, but like, I mean, his tough shot making and, you know, even just the fundamental stuff of like, Finishing really tough layups, he's been great at all. He'll year. dunk it on your head. His double clutches. He's oh, the oh one he had against the Clippers late in the game. It's I'm like, dumb. I was like, there's no way he's gonna dunk yeah. it. There's two defenders there, and he goes up double. Po- I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. My brother Jesse is like obsessed with Malik Monk, and in our family chat, just any that game, it was just Monk, holy Monk, <laughs> Monk. And then when he had that dunk, it, I just, it's magical. Yeah. No, it's it's a different kind of vibe. Like it's it's just you can tell. I think I can't remember who was asked about it, but one of the players was asked, like, "Hey, do you any you know you guys big trash talkers, anything like that?" And his answer was like, "No, like I'm not a big trash talker, but Malik definitely talks enough yeah. for everybody else on the team." And that's another thing where it's like you, the Kings have so many like legitimately nice guys on their team. Yep. It's just not really their style to flex and you know that's what be. I'm I, th- I think Monk brings that out yes. of Fox too. Yeah, I, where Fox exactly. has a little nasty. That post game interview, De'Aaron's super subdued in his post game interviews. He's usually trying to get out, and you know it. You could just tell that Malik. You know they've been boys since college. Mm. That's just them, like you said, building off each other, going back and forth, and. Uh, you know, it's it's the kind of confidence that you love to see. Like, these guys legitimately are feeling themselves. And one other thing I want to add to that, too, because I think this is important that we, we've talked about a few times now. But what I love about this team is that when one guy is hot, 
they empower that guy yeah. to yeah. keep going. They don't care if he misses one or has a heat check. They're like, hey, you're still feeling it. Let's go. Keep going. It's never no one's ever jealous of one another. They they mm. they love it. They want it. And you can feel that joy for one another. Mm-hmm. Going back and watching the end of that game again. Oh yeah, that's what you did. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to watch the game from when they were down 14 mm-hmm. until the end of the game Psycho. on a from I thought Friday it. night. I almost, watched the, I almost watched the whole game back, and I was like, I just didn't have to. I, I just yeah. could not. I was so, of course, Monk was impressive, but Fox, to me, even when he was gassed, like, picking up yeah. Paul George, the fact that he had that poke away and, and the steal mm-hmm. and the lost score. Lost his shoe. <laughs> lost his shoe. I mean, that yeah. he had a couple of steals, and he was getting into Paul George. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we need to appreciate how far he has come because not only is he picking up yeah. one of the premier players in yeah. the game, he's also getting buckets on the other end. No wonder why he is gassed. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy scores 42 points. He's having an impact on both sides of the ball. It's just, I just love this team. Yeah. It's re- so refreshing. It's Is it the best Kings team ever? No, of course not. But there's just something, and it's probably because it's the come up. It's their style of play. It's the vibe around it. There's so much to like about this squad. Hey, coming up this summer, we're going to talk about, is this the best Kings <laughs> yeah. team we've ever that seen? That is definitely a summer conversation. God. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, let's, let's, uh, that's, and that's the other thing too. Even with De'Aaron Fox, we keep wanting to be like, hey, is he this type of point guard now? Yeah. Is he this in the league? And it's, I think what everyone, give him the love and the respect that he deserves, but also recognize like, allow him to to gain some winning seasons, some consistency under his belt. Mm-hmm. In this season, if he finishes off like this, then yes, he will continue to get that love. Let's uh, check in with JR. What's up, JR? Hey, guys, what's going on? Oh, JR. What's I mean, up, RJ? You're, you're really old, hey. so you remember the old Kings teams. Uh, I mean, how are you feeling Squad about this year's squad? Yeah. Oh, I think, well, it's right up there with Archibald. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> when we were big fans there, we were like, wow, we're going to move west. And now we have this great team. But uh, what a weekend. I think the freaking Friday night game was so off the charts. And then they win this game last night, and Gary gets his 3,000th call, which you know we all love the G-Man. Talking about us old fans, we have watched him – just go through the most painful life over the last several years Ugh. and he just hangs in there of course he has to you know he has to work with our boy which is painful enough and uh you know jason is probably dragging him down every day and he's dragging he just <laughs> lifts himself up yeah jason's so hard to work with yeah oh my god just his just his big old head in the way like <laughs> cutting out the sun yeah. you know it's, it's terrible so i just what a great weekend um, and, and Chris, I'm glad you're hanging in with these two because oh, these are superstars. It. You know that these <laughs> oh, are our new two yes. goats. And uh, Chris has had, the other Chris has had to carry him their whole life, so I'm glad you're helping him out today. <laughs> and Mo, yeah. they had a TR from Jr. I, I, I said hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jr. You creep. <laughs> Trying to hit on Morgan's mom. That's God, my job. We don't do that on this show. Yeah. We don't hit on people's moms no. on this show. No. Come on. Who would objectify someone's mom? Ugh. Oh. Disgusting. Frankie's mom. <laughs> I, I never thought about that with Jason. He does have what? a big head, huh? What? Oh, I thought about For that. all the knowledge. It's, no, it's huge. I mean, it... Yeah, and a huge ego to go with yeah. it. I mean, what a mm. jerk. People don't realize he, he actually 
was a jack in a box for a long time. Like, no, it just fit perfect. Okay. That is so dumb. Right. What's wrong with you? Yeah, like, and what is this, like, dad-style joke? Can you take, take a break? Okay, is every Malik Monk shot a good one? Is it? Is it always a good one? It's not. Shoot or shoot. So I missed one. Okay. I was just trying to emphasize his head is big. Oh, and we do have to talk about what you said. Didn't you say, like, I was, like, the... De'Aaron Fox, the uh, or you you called you you oh you said oh you compared me to De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk okay, and you said we, you were the bonus. We can talk about that okay. later. Coming up next, we gotta do our dogs of the weekend too. Chris hasn't done this yet, but we're gonna go over our dogs. Uh, Kings, we're feeling good about them. Obviously, you can hit us up to talk about them. Get us in the chat too. It's Deuce and Mo on Sackdown Sports. Oh, we've been just chatting during the break hey. because we always stay live at YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140 where the people are chatting. Make sure if you're there, hit the thumbs up button. If you're driving around listening on 1140 AM, just know when you get to the office or you're back at home, just sitting at the desk, YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Put us on your big screen. You can also download the Sacktown Sports app. It's free where you can read content galore, yeah. including Frankie Cardicelli's latest about the Kings being 10 games over 500 for the first time since the 0405 season. I was a junior in high school. The last time that happened. Really? Yeah, so were you. Chris oh, was yeah. in I was seventh grade. In fifth grade. Dang it. My grades go with the year. Okay. So fifth grade 05. Whoa. Super easy. And Chris Verlod was early 40s at what? 42. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Chris is like, I don't even know how old like you're. Our are age. you three years older than us or what? No. Yeah. yeah. I graduated in 02. Oh, graduated. wow. Oh, God. Oh, my God. He's so old. Uh, That was almost in the 20th century. We're like like birthday buddies, too. Man. Yes, we are. Three days Uh, apart, right? Yeah. um, We didn't do this last Monday. We got to bring it back. Oh. It's time for the dog of the weekend. It's the dog dog of the day. Who had the best night in the world of sports? Oh, there are so many good candidates. So many. We're going to go around the room right now. If you want to pop into in the YouTube chat, who's your dog? Of the weekend. I hate that. What? Why? Why do you hate it? It's like you're so into it. It feels like you are a dog. Yeah. Like you're like. Yeah. (laughs) This is weird. I'm marking my territory. Very weird. I just. There's pee all over your leg. leg. Yeah, yeah. See, again, everyone. This is weird, and I'm so level. glad it's on video. I hope you have doggy <laughs> bags, because I have to go. Okay, this is awesome. I embrace this with doggy bags. It's time! All right, dog of the weekend. Who wants to go first? Should um, it be me? No, I will go first. Oh, if you steal mine, I'm going okay, to. Okay, fine. I'm probably no. going to be stealing somebody, so. Oh, I think yeah. we're all going to say this. Okay, 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 fine. I got one that's going to be so off, and I'm just going to go with this guy, just so then nobody has this guy. Dame Lillard. No, that's mine. I'm going to take it. So, yeah, no. And I mean, because obviously I want to say Dame, G Man, Monk, Deer and Fox. But I'm going to let you guys say those ones. Uh, I'm just going to go with Dame really quick. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, Just just one so I can mention it really quick and just say that man is not real. That was so fun watching those highlights last night. Yeah. How do you how do you do that against this? uh, That that. 
out of this world Rockets team. I mean, again, why? See, I mean, it's an NBA team. Dude. I know. I just was shocked that he was able to score that many points against that team. I again, I am just picking a dog that no one else is picking. But yes, I could definitely uh, pick a different dog. A little Chihuahua scores okay. forty five on that Rockets defense. You're you're awful. no, honestly, Dame was amazing. Pick no, no seventy one points. I know. Give the guy some love. Forty one at the half. 40, 40 yeah. points at the half, whatever it was, it was incredible. Uh, but it, it wasn't just what he scored, it was how he kept scoring. It was just unstoppable. He was 22 of 38, 13 of 22 mm. from three, mm. 14 of 14 for the free throw line. He had that big dunk late, too. That was like, oh, yeah. the mm. dunk. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also crazy to think about that's our second 70 point game this season. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell yeah. had a 71 point game. Right. Someone's going to get 80 soon. It's happening. Yeah, I thought I thought he was going to get to it last night. Honestly, with forty one at half, he, I mean, I, I won't say he struggled, but I don't think he scored too many in the. third. He only needed thirty nine points. Yeah, thirty nine <laughs> in the second half. Right, I think he struggled in that third quarter, and he probably would have gotten it otherwise. Yeah. So Morgan went with uh, kind of the out of the, box, of the one box because she felt like everyone was going to go with an obvious one. Who wants to go next? Who wants to go next? Fine. Oh, I'll go if you, if. Oh no sure. Go. Yeah, go ahead. My dog of the weekend is. Damian Lillard, because that was absolutely <laughs> insane last night. Here's a weird stat that I didn't even know was a stat what? at the game. He had a combined 420 feet of field goals made yesterday when they combined uh, how far away he was. Dude, some of those shots, he was just at half court like. Yeah. He became the first player to make at least 400 feet worth of shots in a single game. And this is in the shot location area era, nineteen ninety six to ninety six. You know, you know. How, like, also, he had a seventy one point game this season. He's had a sixty point game this season yeah. and a fifty nine point game this and, season. And, and truly remarkable. Nothing taking away nothing from Dame, except like it reminds me of like when people put out stats from like Drew League during the summertime, <laughs> where someone scores ninety at NBA. It's like, yeah, they're they're not playing anybody. Okay. The Rockets were terrible. They, they were, were terrible. terrible. That far. They, they were, were awful. Um, Still an NBA team. Uh, what? Do you want to go? Sure, go I'll go. I'll, I'll yeah, I'll go. For last. <laughs> Who's your dog? My dog was definitely going to be Damian Lillard. Um, but I'm. <laughs> you guys are unbelievable. Look, if I could spin a different narrative, if anything, you know, on a night where you're playing Houston, nobody wants to get up for it. You need your stars to show up. Mm. You need your star to put that game away. 71? I love in the I, fashion. I love 71. They, they, they had to like really scrap and claw to win the game. Oh, like, it's crazy. And there was God. a single digit game, so that's what <laughs> Dame's like. I gotta take I can't over. I believe that you're if like anything, you more love Dame Lillard oh. and you're crapping on us giving no, no, no. him love. I'm crapping because I, I'm I'm honestly stunned that after this weekend in Sacramento, well, thought, he's not gonna be my pick. And oh, he's not his pick. It okay. was going to be. Then who's your dog? I'm gonna go with Caitlin Clark. I don't know how many people yeah. watch it. Look, <laughs> hey man, I don't, know, I love it. I don't know how many people watch this game. They were playing Indiana, yes. a team that's only lost once all year. Give it love, number dude. two team in the nation. Dude. Iowa. Killer. I don't know how many Iowa games you've watched. It's a lot of Caitlin Clark dude, holding she's a that baller. team up. She plays with swagger. Her post game swagger is mm. insane. I, I dig it. Hitting shot again, you know, mainly known as like a Steph Curry kind of player. Mm. A lot yep. of shots from way, way deep. Took it into the paint. I think she only missed two shots uh, in in from two uh, the entire night. But then Dude. comes down, down two, four seconds left. The whole gym knows the play is going to be called for Caitlin Clark. Bucket. And she still gets bucket. it. And she Three still gets point it. Three-point bucket. Fall away. Quick release. Yeah. 
Parsons play, comes off a screen. Thank God she falls, but she gets wide open look. Just perfect, perfect, Dude, beautiful ending at home I love in it. Iowa. I love all these. They're great candidates. Any other weekend, I'm like, I'm with you guys. This is great. This is great. The dog of the weekend is the dog. He may be an old dog, but he guess uh, what? He still got it. I'm giving love to the G-Man yeah. Gary Joe. Yeah. The G-Man, one of the best guys out there, called his 3,000th Kings game. Yep. All those games, this is something Morgan said last night on TV on the postgame. All these games that he has called, you, there were games throughout this 38-year run you got to turn off. I'm turning off. The, we got to turn off at yeah. home. I'm not watching this crap. They said... He had to watch it. He had to call it. He had to be around it. He's been through the highs and lows. He's the best guy out there calling his 3,000th game. And honestly, literally teared up yesterday, last night, Mm -hmm. watching him get the defensive player of the game chain from the coaching staff and seeing the love he got from the team. It made me love this team even more. You know, Mike Brown has talked about the soul uh, of a franchise, how important it is to have a soul. The Kings have not had a soul. They've been yeah. soulless for 16 years. Coaches coming in and out, players, missed picks, all this stuff. For the first time, they do have that. And to give a love, give love to someone like G-Man, who is at the in his prime, in his 80s, still calling games and getting that type of love, he's my dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but how many threes did he? <laughs> how far? How far were hit? Th- Three thousand. You shut your mouth. Yeah. Don't I talk wish, about G-Man. I wish we could, would know the record. Like oh, his record? What the Kings record is in those 3,000 games. Do you think it's at least 1,000 wins? Yeah. Well, mm, do you? I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're talking since 85. Yeah. yeah. yeah there's 1,000. Okay. There. Okay. I, I Are there? Yes. I don't know. It's going to be close. It's a nail bite. It's going to be close. 999. Oh, man. If you guys have dogs, you can hit us up. 339 They've won 33% of those games, right? Yeah, <laughs> That's what we're thinking about. <laughs> Over the past... You, you can also hit us up 339-1140, Hit us up in the chat, too. Uh, Chris, appreciate you hanging out with Thank us. Thank you all for um, having me. When are you back live again? Uh, I'll be back live tomorrow, less oh, yeah. than 24 hours, 22 hours You're going to be live 10 to 2 because we're 10 not to 2, here. yeah. Thank you guys so much. Dude, love, appreciate love, it. Thank you guys for giving me the opportunity thank for you. hosting stop thank four you. hours tomorrow. Thank so you. kind. So Dude, kind. stop it. You're going to kill it, and uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, We'll we'll be back on the radio side in just a few minutes. We're always live. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo on a Monday. The Kings are rolling on Sacktown Sports. is the all-time scoring record in the NBA. Well, here we go. Ball game on the line. Second overtime. 6.1 seconds away from ending. Will the Clippers win it or will the Kings win it? Or will we go to a third overtime? Inbounds to Powell. Left wing. Up fake. Kicks it out to Batum. Launches for three. Misses it. Rebound loose. Kings grab it. Malik Monk has it. And Sacramento from 14 down late in regulation has come back in double overtime to win one of the most memorable games in their 38-year history. 
and Sacramento. 176-175 is the final score. You talk about making a statement. You talk about proving that you're worthy of title contention. What a victory this is for the Sacramento Kings. The second night of a back-to-back with travel. They come in here and they take care of business despite the fact that the Clippers rang up a season-high 26 made three-pointers. Sacramento ends up with 88 points in the paint tonight for a 40-point advantage. And they win this ball game in double overtime. The final 176-175. This is a statement that you guys have made tonight as the Sacramento Kings. Tell me! Uh, was, it talk, was it thoughts about Westbrook or was it thoughts about us? Because I don't give a I don't I don't give a f- who's over there. Yeah, we ain't worried about that. It doesn't matter. Yeah, some, man, we here. We you see, here. you see the league, the talent in this league. There are a lot of talented teams. Obviously, he added talent to this team. Um, but we come in, we worry about us. We here too, though. We coming at everybody, for sure. We are coming at everybody. It's Deuce and Mo. We are live right here on Sacktown Sports Monday through Friday from eleven to two p.m. Pacific time. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. And yeah, we're feeling good right now because the Kings have won three in a row out of the All Star break in one of the most epic, one of the best regular season games you will ever see on Friday night. Kings go on the road, win one seventy six to one seventy five. G Man over the weekend calling his three thousandth career game. And mm. how epic was his final call against the Clippers on Friday night? That guy is in the prime of his career. I've heard that final call seven times, and every time I get goosebumps, every time I'm like, oh my God, G Man is legendary. I love it. It's he's incredible. That game was incredible. Um, I want this feeling to last forever. I've said it and I'm gonna repeat it. Okay. Enjoy this moment. Enjoy, Enjoy it. the come up. For years, we've been begging, can we just have a team that's competitive? Please. Can we just have a team that maybe makes the playoffs? Maybe the we'll take the play in. No, this team is good. This team is fun. The vibes are right. They're explosive. In fact, we talk about their offense. Last year, they were 25th in offensive rating in the NBA. Barf. Disgusting. That's why that guy <laughs> puked all over the floor against Facts. the Jazz in Luke Walton's final game as head coach. That is why. You fast forward a year later, not only are they the best in the NBA this year, They have the best offensive rating in NBA history. It's explosive. A team that can put 130 on you. 140. What? 150. What? 160. What? Well, they they skipped 160. They put 176 up on the Clippers' heads. So this team is fun to watch. Enjoy the come up. There's nothing like the journey. When you first become good again. And now the Kings are just a game and a half out of the number two seed in the Western Conference, right behind the Memphis Grizzlies. And it's not absurd to think that maybe if the Kings can take care of business, then go get that number two seed. Ooh. Oh, and by the way, Morgan Reagan, yeah? separation is starting. The Kings, because they beat the Clippers, uh-huh. Clippers lose again. They're creating some separation. Mm-hmm. There's three games mm-hmm. up on the Phoenix Suns. Oh. They're three and a half up on the L.A. Clippers and four up on the Dallas Mavericks. Would you look at that? Would you look at that? Yeah, we're going to rub it in everybody's faces. Yeah, we're going to be a little bit petty. But guess why? Because it's our time, baby. We don't give an F about anyone else out there. You like that? Just like uh... I love it. It feels like we're cutting a promo. Yeah. And if, oh. speaking of promos, <laughs> one of the best promos in the business Mm-hmm. AEW's Eddie Kingston joining the show live at 1 p.m. AEW coming to Sacramento in just a couple of weeks. 
Same with San Francisco. His story is so inspirational. You don't have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy him. He is the absolute man. Yes. Uh, Morgan Reagan, there's so much to like over the weekend. I I think one of the best parts of the weekend for me was seeing G-Man get honored. 3,000th career game for the G-Man Gary Gerald. He's been calling Kings games for 38 seasons. He's not a young man. He's in his 80s. What was that like for you over the weekend to see him get that love? So... Knowing that he was going into that game, going to call 3,000 games that night. And he got a cupcake the day before from the hotel. And, you know, Kings put out a little video with us in it and everything. And it was great. Just thinking about, I don't know why I could cry like thinking about it. You're tearing up right now again. Oh my God. I, and I'm like looking at the photo of him with the Deepog chain. It's, he's just someone that obviously is like such a good person, but he's so talented and cares so much about his craft. He cares so much about this team in the city that seeing him honored the way that he was and celebrated the way that he was last night just makes me emotional. It's 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 so well-deserved, and I, I care about him. I care about this team so much that when you see it all come together, it's just really cool. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite moments. Do you need – are you good? Do, no, I'm You're good. You're literally I don't know why. Again. It's well, just – let's hear that moment. Last night in the Kings locker room, super cool. So the Kings win the game over OKC, which was nice. They bring G-Man in the locker room after the game. Yeah. And they give him the defensive player of the game chain first. Let's hear from Mike Brown, who explained why G-Man gets that chain. Did you get the chain tonight? Uh, no. It, you know, defense, my number one staple was communication. Communication is a, is a huge, huge, huge staple of mine. So <clears throat> the guy that communicated the most in our, you know, with, within our organization is G-Man. So G-Man got the, got the defensive chain, uh, the uh, defensive player of the chain tonight. Uh, he's communicated for 3,000 games for us. Uh, that's an unprecedented mark. And so he definitely deserved the defensive player of the game tonight. So he's got the chain. Was that the, was that the reason for the loud cheer in the, in the, uh, in the locker room? I could hear from you. Yeah. Okay. It was. Uh, I think that was probably the best call by the coaching staff. I think our players really thought that G-Man deserved it tonight because of his ability to communicate with the public. That was special. And uh, here is that moment, the audio of it, where they give him the chain, and then G-Man breaks down the huddle at the end. There's somebody today that had 3,000 games in his career. Defensive player of the game. The G-Man! So now they're doing the pictures. He's got the chain around, getting dapped up. Hey, you guys did all the work. It's just my pleasure to be able to call the action. I love the fact that I get the chance to do what I do as long as I have. Thank you so much. I, I, this blows my mind. It just blows my mind. Thanks again. All right. Together on three. Together on three. One, two, three. Together. Such a cool moment. And... Yeah, it gets it still gets me. More it gets I you don't right know. now. Like it's so funny just talking about it. Why why is it getting You know what? 
why it gets you Morgan one yeah. obviously we have a connection with G-Man but I think everyone in Sacramento has that connection he has been the one constant voice with the Sacramento Kings since he arrived in 1985 he's been great at what he does he has narrated the biggest moments the highest highs the lowest of lows with the Sacramento Kings and you couple that with him being a great person oh, it's, a, it's awesome I think the other reason it makes you emotional and why I think it gets me a little bit is because the team hi- highlighting this like they did yes, was beyond cool. You know, yes. they give out the defensive player of the game, Shane, after every win. For them to bring him in the locker room with the players and the coaches. It's special. To give him that love, the celebration, then taking a picture with him. I can tell you, I text G-Man about it last night, and he was so beyond thrilled. Mm. I know he talked about it today on the morning show with Dave and Jason. You can listen to that interview, sacktownsports.com or on the YouTube channel where he talked about what that meant for him. But it's just, it's so cool. They gave him not only a game ball that was signed by the entire team, they made him a jersey, a Kings jersey that said 3,000 on it. Yeah. And then they give him the defensive player of the game chain that moment. He deserves it. And it, I think what it goes to what I was saying last hour, Morgan, Mike Brown, when he got the job, was talking about, man, every organization needs to have a soul. And when Mike Brown said that, all I was thinking about watching his press conference when we were there in Sac- at Gold One Center was, yeah, they don't have that here. There was no soul. Yeah. You saw De'Aaron Fox walk around with Soulless. his head down most of last year, right? <laughs> yeah. The soul is here. And the other thing that Mike Brown talked about is everyone's together. That's and it's not just juice. us. Everyone in that organization's connected. And for them, and it's starting training camp and they're doing happy birthdays to like the new PR person. Uh, happy birthdays to equipment guys. They do, they highlight everything. And for them to take that moment after a win and give G-Man that moment, it just made me think about how this this is turning. This is going in such a great direction. And they don't do it for the the content for the photo op for where there's been years in the past where I felt like certain things were done forced and it just didn't feel authentic. You have felt every single thing this year from behind the scenes stuff to everything you just yep. mentioned to what was just celebrated last night and how Mike Brown talked about it. The understanding and the appreciation for G-Man. And you saw in that video that I was talking about earlier that we were in, De'Aaron and Harrison Barnes were in it as well. And you feel like the players were told and they understand the importance behind the 3,000 games and G-Man being a play-by-play voice for that long for their organization, the history of the Kings. And yeah, all of that just makes it that much more special. And when it's someone that you just love and you care about so much that deserves it, it's so, so cool to see that happen. Rory in the chest says the Kings are a family. Oh, and, yeah. Dude, yes. it's legit. I mean, here's the other thing about the other night. What? Oh, I'm, I'm just amped up today, Morgan I love Reagan. it. The Kings have 35 wins, 10 games above 500. We haven't felt this way in a long time. <laughs> the team is good. They're fun. I'm excited. But you know what else I noticed was in that game, late, yeah, the overtime game, the double overtime game in L.A. Okay, Friday's night, yeah. Two of the more excited players on the bench, Davion Mitchell, Rashawn Holmes. Oh, oh, I want to, I want to talk. Well, we're going to talk yeah. about it. We're, we're going to take a one minute Oof. break on the radio side, but don't get it twisted. We're always live. YouTube.com. 
slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Can this season just keep going this way and last forever? <laughs> it's too fun. I do want this, like, feeling to last oh. forever. <laughs> it just, what what is this feeling? Like a, a new relationship feeling where... You're just, everything's so great. It feels so good. You know you're going to have your ups and downs. Yeah, it's like that, but you're also, you've been in bad relationships in the past, like toxic ones, so you're not totally sure if this Ooh, is real or not. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. Like, you're like, you don't trust you've it. You've had but, some exes that were not good. But they've also have done such a great job of showing why you can trust them. Hey, we're good to you. We're going to make you, like, um, feel good. We're going to make you feel loved. Just, Just believe in us. It's hard, though. Because my past one sucked. Hey, they've got you. They do? Yeah. Okay. okay. They, ce- they celebrate people. They empower one another. They, they share. They, they share. They share them well. I mean, the, the ball's moving around. It's a beautiful relationship. One of my favorite stats from last night, Kings with 30-plus assists. They're now 14-2 and two when they have 30 more assists. The other favorite stat. We haven't really talked about individuals. I think we talked so much about big pictures, but even going back to last night's game against yeah. OKC, shorthanded, no SGA, that team was tough. De'Aaron was great again, seventh straight 30-point game. But the rookie Keegan Murray, man, I the growth he has shown, 20 points for him. He did a great job on the glass, especially on the offensive rebounds. Four offensive rebounds, a few steals. Three. Three steals. He had that one baseline attack tough oh. and one. He's, he's getting more... Around the rim. Yeah. He's putting the ball on the floor. The growth from Keegan Murray is beyond exciting. It That's what it is. It's the growth, right? You you see he is, he is told something. He is challenged on something. And he wants to get better at it. For example, putting the ball on the floor and looking for his. We've seen so much more of that. His confidence is shining through when he puts the ball on the floor because he's more than capable. He's just got to believe and know. And I think sometimes he doesn't want to be that selfish player and he thinks that that's being selfish when really his shot-making ability is just as good as anyone else on this team and in the NBA. So you got to be willing and wanting to take those shots and make sure you're going to the rack. Yeah, I, I just like to play, like, I just want to go out there and win games. So, um, I just I I love basketball and um, I want to go play more basketball. It was funny. There was some Kings fan that was getting mad uh, at Mike Brown for doing an impersonation. What? Yeah. And, no. And and Keegan's dad responded to him. The only reason I know is because I was tagged in it. <laughs> and uh, Keegan's dad was. Um, yeah, uh, he said Mike Brown's voice needed to be deeper. If you can't t- if you can't take a little poke, then you are too serious. You should hear my kids make fun of me at home. In life, when people bring you up or talk about you, it means that you are making an impression on them. Aww. Love Coach Brown, Keegan for Rookie of the Year. Dude, his da- Dad of the Year nominee for Keegan's Dad. I I wow, mean, big shot at Mr. Reagan. Oh well, no, I love my dad. My dad's always number one, but next to him, number one, Keegan's Dad. <laughs> My, my dad, never a candidate. For ne- da- yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, he's, yeah, on the bad list. 
on the Padres. I will say, as someone that likes to tell people about their impressions and get them better, yeah. I think Coach Browns was a little more Urkel than Keith. Yeah, it was. It was like, oh, huh. I'm a, but I don't Keegan, think I he, put the ball on the floor, huh? That was actually a good Mike Brown doing Keegan. Thank you. But yeah, he just doesn't, he didn't know how to do it, but I think he was also having fun with it, which, by the way, when Chris Watkins was on, we were talking about this, I asked Keegan, I was like, hey, did you see Mike Brown's impersonation of you? He's like, no, I, I heard about it, though, you know, whatever. So as we came off of it, and I was like, Kenny, do your impersonation of Keegan. He would not do it. He deflected, deflected. I was like, what? what? And then I wanted to do one, but then I got scared. Aww, I know. You should have done I one. I should have. Um, Jim in the chat says, I love good stats, but the 20 turnovers... Mm, I don't like that. Hey. Okay, I'm just kidding. Yeah, they yeah. they were. I mean, talking specifically about that game last night, I felt like OKC wouldn't go away, but the Kings were settling in that first half a bit. They were a little sloppy with the ball. They started six of nine from three, which was great. Yep. But then at the half, I think they only hit a couple more threes. It seemed like they were just launching threes. They were turning the ball over. They got it together late in the game. But yeah, you got to take care of the ball. What's crazy? That game against the Clippers the other night, they played. Two overtimes. They they and they only had fifteen turnovers. Wow. So that was pretty wild. They end up forcing that the Clippers one was crazy where the Clippers had twenty five turnovers that turned into forty two Kings points. But yeah, the, the the Kings when they play as fast as they have been, they can be mistake prone. They have to be better. That but I also want to give some love to OKC. I thought they did a fantastic job battling through. Um it looked like for the most part, the Kings had control of this game last night. And um, I just thought the Thunder, though, without SGA, were like, no, we're going to keep battling. We're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep making your life hard, especially in that third when they started knocking down those threes. Isaiah Joe finally started waters as well. They were just knocking down a lot of those threes, going on a run, making it a little scary for a second until the Kings started making those adjustments defensively. Yeah, it- it wasn't the prettiest game for Sacramento last night, but they still put up 120, what, four points in that game? Yeah. They still shot 53%. They hit 18 threes. You know what's interesting? You say it wasn't the prettiest, and I kept I kept wanting to push back on that, and I think you know what it was, is that it was still such a, it was like they played fun. They played with joy. They played They played sure. well in some ways, but I understand what you're saying. Giving up a 40-point quarter yeah. to an OKC team playing without SGA ugly. has to be better, right? Yes. Like that's Those are the turnovers. You've got to clean that up. But, yeah, OKC's got a ton of young talent, and you could see that on full display. But you get the win. You're 35 and 25. It seemed, it's unreal. It's unreal. Um, let's check in with Neil. What's up, Neil? Yo, yo, what's happening, everybody? I needed to call in and say that my favorite moment of the weekend was by far G-Man getting the the chain last night from the team. Such a classy move, classy coaching staff. Man, and I just want to give uh, G-Man a, a shout-out and some love. Uh, I, I've i literally been listening. I, you guys know, but for the audience, I, I'm blind. And when I listen to sports, my preference is uh, radio play-by-play. And I literally learned the game of basketball from G-Man. Wow. I've been listening. I was a senior in high school when they came here. I was I, I 
started listening, became a fan instantly, and part of that love was just pure loving the way G-Man called the games and the way – I mean, he wasn't just teaching me. He was teaching Sacramento, man. Like, back then, the games – there were only like eight, ten games a year on TV. Anybody yeah. wanted to be a Kings fan had to listen to G-Man, man. I When James Donald uh, Donaldson from Burbank High School scored the very first basket ever in the original Arco, I was listening to G-Man. When Greg Lukeville was up in the rafters holding the, the banner to stop the rain from leaking in, I was listening to G-Man. I've never stopped. Just like everybody tunes into all the the TV games, I tune in to the Kings broadcast and listen to G-Man every time. I I complained when they put him on TV and had (laughs) Tim Roy calling the games. I called Jerry Reynolds and complained to him when when Grant was doing the games. I called 1140 and begged them to put G-Man back on just because I I believe he's a great radio play-by-play voice. So I thank him for all the years of great play-by-play that he's given me. And I I thank you guys all for giving him such uh, just the amount of love he absolutely deserves. He deserves it, man. Appreciate you giving him some love. Neil, thanks for checking in. Yeah, that was really cool. And you you don't think about those things. Neil's blind. I know. And that's that's what's wild about it, just hearing how G-Man paints the picture. And that's exactly it. Because when it's radio, and Katie was even saying this on the broadcast last night when we were talking about G-Man, she was like, we're just calling a game here while G-Man's painting the image for people that are listening, for obviously someone like Neil. It's really cool. All right. Let's talk more about the Kings. Uh, We can look around the NBA, too. I want to ask if anyone out there is concerned about Kevin Herter's struggles. We'll do that. Coming up next, it's Juice Mo on Sacktown Sports. Oh, yes. Juice Mason, Morgan, Reagan, we are live. Appreciate everyone listening to us and watching us. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Kings with the day off today. But they're staying put in OKC. They rematch with the Thunder coming up Tuesday. Ah, the challenges that come when playing a team back to back, and especially if they add another guy in SGA. Mm. Um, I do want to ask you about Kevin Herter. Yes. He's someone who's been on the struggle bus a little bit, Morgan Reagan. Um, it hasn't been good for him. And I've, yesterday was probably the first time I got a little concerned just from the standpoint that looks like maybe he's lost some of his confidence. Um, he played just under 20 minutes last night, last couple of games, like 22 minutes, 26 minutes. He's not knocking down his shot. I thought yesterday, a little sloppy with the ball, he had four turnovers in that stretch is he overthinking things right now because of the shooting slump? Well, that's that's what it looked like with at least one of the early on turnovers when he, he dribbled deep into the paint and was just not decisive. He was like, uh, do I want to go this way? Do I want to go that way? You know, and just uh, someone knocked it away, lost the ball. It's... I'm not sure if it's like a confidence thing or if it's like one thing is leading to another, you know, like does he just need to be um, more aggressive on the defensive end to have his offense come to him? Well, there's times there in games where he is being aggressive on the defensive end. Sure. He's still getting blown by. He's not the greatest uh, when it comes to his lateral movement, but he still does a lot of smart things defensively. And when you put him in a team defense, that's good better then you're going to obviously cover up some of those flaws but I think otherwise that yeah it's gonna help a lot more when his shot is falling because maybe that's just something that is 
in the back of his mind during these games right now. Yeah, in the month of February, he's averaging just under 12 points a game, um, 46% shooting, which isn't bad, but 28% from three. He's 19 of 66 from three in the month of February. And, yeah, I'm less concerned about that. I mean, Malik Monk last in January shot the same percentage, which is crazy. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, Kevin Herter right now is 28.8% from three. In the month of January, Malik Monk shot 28.8% when from three. When he had a slump. He was in a major slump. This is going to happen. I think the biggest thing for him is making sure his confidence is still up. I know some people have suggested, well, man, the shooting numbers have dipped every month from three-point land for Kevin Herter. Let's tap the brakes on that a little bit. Okay. Right? Um, he was... He opened the first six games of the season yeah. shooting 53% from three. He was never going to shoot 53% from nope. three. Uh, he coupled he followed that up in November shooting 41%. That's a pretty elite mark. Since then, it's 37.5, 37.2, and then now this month, 28.8. I think one thing you can mention just with the shot would be how much do you think it is like fatigue factor? I've heard some theories out there like, okay, like this offense is super fast pace. He's coming off dribble handoffs, moving a lot without the ball. He's not getting the same looks he got in Atlanta, where he's more of a catch and shoot guy. Yeah, I, I think that theory um, definitely could make sense, right? Like just because you're in shape doesn't mean that you are in the the have the right conditioning for a high-powered, fast-paced offense like the Sacramento Kings offense for for a long period of time, for an entire season. And that's something that he not only is working on by getting these NBA minutes and playing in this, but that he can work on in the offseason and go, okay, so that's one thing that factors in. The other thing that factors in, you're in the second half of the season after All-Star break, whatever you want to call it. Teams know what you're about. And when you're shooting 50% from three to start the season, (laughs) guess what? Teams are going to look at you and go, okay, what can we do to slow him down? How do we need to come over this screen? How do we need to come off the dribble handoff so he doesn't get a good, clean look at the basket? And I think his shot has been disrupted because teams have figured him out a little bit. But what do guys that are great in this league do? Like Steph Curry, for example, he finds a, a quicker, different way to shoot that basketball. And I think Kevin Herter's just going to have to work on those things in the offseason. I mean, the good news is the Kings have so many weapons. And it seems like, okay, if one guy's off a little bit, there's someone else on the roster who's capable of stepping up. Malik Monk has been awesome this month. 45 points off the bench in that game against the Clippers to the, the other night. And it, it's been refreshing to see him kind of bounce back in the month of February because we mentioned his month of January being poor. Malik Monk averaged just under 10 points a game in the month of January. 39% shooting, 28% from three. This month, Morgan, 18 points a game. Mm. Uh, 54% shooting. He is shooting a blistering 48% from three. Dude, he... there. There's sometimes a shot that he is like... Every shot looks good to him, right? Like, he's going to shoot almost every shot. He has that type of confidence, that type of swagger. But when it's falling Mm. like this, it's, please, keep taking that shot. 
Keep looking for yours because the way that he is playing assertive, the way that he is playing decisive, whether it's his shot, whether it's in the two-man game with Domas Sabonis. Dude, that's become a real weapon for the Kings, a pick and roll with him and Sabonis. Especially since it's gone downhill with Kevin Herter a little bit, right? You know, so you're lacking that with Herter, and now you've added that with Malik Monk and with the play of Davion Mitchell not being as much as it was in and out throughout the season, Malik Monk has just stepped up tremendously in so many different ways that the Kings have needed someone off the bench. Let's get to some comments from the YouTube chat. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Appreciate everyone watching us there. Richard says, we got to talk about the clutch crunch time defense we have been seeing the last couple of games. And Please. Yeah, I mean, I think the Kings defense obviously long-term has to get better. And I think some of that's going to have to be personnel-wise. Like, they just have to have some upgrades if they want to get better defensively. But it has been really encouraging to see the late-game defense. I mean, even in the Portland game, I know they were shorthanded big time. But the Kings had some nice defensive moments in that game. I know it's hard to look at a 176-175 game and be like, uh, how about the defense? Dude, when they were down 14 in that game, it was their defense forcing turnovers that got them back in. It was getting stops at the end of game. Uh, That final shot of overtime that Paul George had, Fox was defending him. Mitchell comes over. It was outstanding defense to force a tough look. But then even last night, like if you want to talk about some of the defensive moments, we've given not enough love to Trey Lyles, which we can do more of, but that's a guy, wasn't only his offense and the way that he was shooting um, on that end of the floor, the things that I said to Deuce last night that I'm like, hey, you're not seeing this on a stat sheet. The way that he rotates over, the way that he's communicating with his um, teammates on that end of the floor, he steps up, takes charges. It's just incredible what guys like him have added to this team defense to make it that much better. He's not known as like this fantastic elite individual defender, but when you are put in a situation like Mike Brown is putting these guys in a situation to make them the best defenders that they can be. I think the other thing too is with this team, I, I have very rarely questioned effort. Mm-hmm. When have you questioned effort? I mean, there's like, you could point to specific plays in a game, but God, how many times over the years past, you're just like, is this team even trying? Even if yeah. you're not good, you can try out there. And, you know, I see this comment in the chat about the Kings uh, enforcer 2K9 says, I only wish we play defense like that off more often. Just try harder than you have been to this point of the season. I don't think it's a trying thing. I think sometimes they just have breakdowns. There's mental mistakes. They, they have an offensive-minded team, a group of really – for the most part, offensive players yeah. that are trying to learn to become better defensive players and to play better team defense. They don't really have a lockdown guy. Davion can be a great on-ball defender, but he's only playing 14 minutes a right. night. Keegan's showing more and more flashes. Help defense, one-on-one defense, being able to defend multiple positions. I mean, you're seeing him last game. He's defending Westbrook at the game at the end of the game. He's defending Paul George. He's showing more and more than De'Aaron Fox at the point of attack. I, I thought even last night there was a play where uh, Giddy's running a little pick and roll. Sabonis comes over. Keegan rips the ball away yes. from him. The Kings end up turning over, but you're seeing more signs of that. Of course, you got to string it together more often, but this team is so explosive offensively that if they can just get the timely stops, it could be huge. 
We can keep talking about it coming up next. It's Juice and Mo. We're always live. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Juice and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Juice Mason, Morgan, Reagan, Sacktown Sports. We're a month in to our daily show here on Sacktown Sports. Appreciate you guys be on this journey with us. Thanks for hanging out with us, Thank too, you. wherever you're listening or watching. Of course, Sacktown Sports app's free. You can download that. You can listen old school, 1140 AM, 96.1-2, if you got an EV. Uh, or how about the YouTube page? That's I, I do like my the YouTube. choice. I like it because I like the chat. The chat's oh, yeah. the fun part. YouTube.com slash Hacktown Sports 1140. I like it because I get to sing songs about pee every commercial break. Okay, without context, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, well. Because I go to the bathroom sometimes. So it's the bathroom break, right? For anyone that's listening to just audio, it's the bathroom break. And then um, Deuce leaves and Chris and I put on a show. <laughs> a concert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Muhammad in the chat. And this is why I love the chat. Brian Winhorst. Do we have a laugh track? Yes. Do we have a laugh track? Okay. Muhammad says, Winhorst saying the Lakers want the Kings in the playoffs because we're inexperienced. This I see Chris cute. trying. I know, I know. I should have. So what, what's going on? Can you? Yeah, yeah. Let me. <laughs> Brian Winhorst from ESPN says the Lakers want the Kings in the playoffs because... We're inexperienced. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to play a game, Brian Winhorst. We're going to play a game called, let's take a look at the standings. I mean, even- Oh, wait, 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 wait. The Lakers aren't in the play-in yet. Why is it that the Lakers win a couple of games in a row when it's like, they're bad, let's go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They've won three in a row. They... they Oh my God! They beat the Warriors without Steph and Wiggins. How? How? Oh my God! They came back from twenty-seven down against the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, let's check. What's their record? The Lakers are twenty-nine and thirty-two. I don't want to hear. I know. Contain the laughter. I don't want to hear from anybody. I don't want to hear from Lakers fans. I don't want to hear from NBA personalities and fans talking about the Lakers when they are. 29 and 32? Are you kidding me? <laughs> they are still a game out of the play-in. I don't want to hear it. Call me when you're 500. Can they even win a play-in game? I like the moves that the Lakers are making. Love. But I swear to God, I mean, we talk about this team when they win a couple of games in a row as if they've won 15 straight, as if they're the Denver Nuggets, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Sacramento Kings. You can't, you're not in the conversation. You need to figure out if you can even get into the play in. Here's my, oh, Deuce, Deuce, Deuce. It's just ridiculous. Well, here, here, I, I understand not wanting to count out AD and LeBron when healthy, when healthy, when healthy. And the moves that they made, yes, good job. They they were the tweaks that this squad needed, and they've won a few. I get all of it. But I do find it interesting that that is the narrative. 
or the conversation that Brian Windhorse is even going with. Like, the reason why we in Sacramento and the people that cover the Kings in Sacramento, the team in Sacramento, talk about, hey, oh man, if the Kings took on the Mavs in the first round of playoffs, is because as of right now, they are in the playoffs with 22 games left in the season. For the Lakers, they are not even in the play-in no. tournament right now. And that's why it is a little comical. And we kept playing a laugh track when this was going down. Call us when you get to oh. 500. Oh. Um, can I bring up something that I have been wanting to get to ever since you yes, started I'm talking sorry. about it? No, it's okay. Um, you were mentioning people down the bench. Uh, that aren't even getting as much playing time. Last night, Davion Mitchell, 14 minutes, two points. You know, he's less and less in the rotation. Um, but it doesn't matter what game it is. You see Davion Mitchell. You see Rashawn Holmes. They are the epitome of professionals. They are not only clapping their teammates on. You can see that they still have joy being a part of this crew. Of course they want to play. Of course they want to be on the floor. They're competitors. Especially we know what Davion's mentality is. And then Rashawn Holmes with the chip on his shoulder going into this season. And they're not seeing those minutes. But guess what they are doing? They're staying ready and they're staying up and at it for and with their team. I love it. Yeah, it's they're not so pouting. Great. And that's the other thing with this group. It's easy to say, like, well, of course, you're winning, so chemistry is going to be great. Dude, that's not like that all the all the time in the NBA. You've yeah. got different personalities. You've got egos. You've got situations where guys probably think they should be playing more, not happy with their roles. So for them to stay engaged, like you said, is great. It's great to see, like, the guys that are going crazy on Friday night on the bench. Davion, Rashawn, everyone's engaged. Oh. Alex Len, even post-game, defensive player of the game chain. It's a team. It's a true team, and it's a, it's a big credit to what Mike Brown has built with the culture. That's what Dude, it is. Mike Brown. I'm just... That's what it I mean, and the amount of times that we give him the love and the credit that he deserves, when you look at Coach of the Year nominees, putting Mike Brown at the top, I think, makes the most sense. And I know, I know, I'm saying that and I'm here in Sacramento. But I think you can go around the league and ask people. Joe Mazzula is like the other candidate. And for think, for but... very good reasons. For very good reasons. He also has a squad that was coming off of um, an NBA Finals experience, right? Like, these are guys that are MVP candidates. And not to take away anything from him, I'm just giving the love, the edge to Mike Brown for forming something in one season. In one season, you are seeing this amount of success on and on on and off the court for the Sacramento Kings. They found the right guy for the job, they man. They found the right guy. Legit coaching staff. Let's squeeze in our, our buddy Nick real fast. Ooh. What's up, Nick? Deuce and Mo, what's up? I don't want to hear another word from Oklahoma City Thunder fans. I will, that beam is going to be lit right in front of their damn faces tomorrow. Ooh! Ooh. Okay, Nick! That beam is going to be lit in their damn faces in Oklahoma City Thunder fans. So take that, OKC fans. The beam's going to be lit in front of your damn faces when we beat you tomorrow. 
Wow. Nick? And the beam is going to stay lit when they come back home. Oh. Why not have the beam stay lit? Hey, Nick, light the beam every single day. Light the beam every single day because, okay, see, we're coming after you. We're coming after everybody. (laughs) Wow. Nick, I love it. He's channeling his inner Malik Monk. Nick just got a cut of... Promo he on did us. just cut a promo. Oh my God. We're going to talk some more Kings coming up next hour. We're going to stay live on YouTube. And coming up next, we're going to hopefully catch up with AEW's Eddie Kingston, who cuts promos left and right. His Ooh. story is unbelievable. We'll talk to him coming up next. Deuce and Mo. Oh God, the Kings are good. It's fun. It's Sacktown Sports. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> When me and Morgan were at AEW Grand Slam in New York, yeah. we popped. We popped. I'm super excited right now. It's Seuss Mason. It's Morgan Reagan, Chris Verlod. We are big wrestling fans. And AEW going to be in San Francisco for Revolution. And the follow after Revolution right here in Sacramento. Oh, I cannot wait for it. Let's welcome to the show someone who we're big fans of. Yeah. For the very first time from AEW. Eddie Kingston! Yeah! Eddie, how you doing, man? <laughs> What's up? How's everyone doing? Hopefully you can hear me. I don't know how to work this stuff. Oh, you're good. We you hear you great, mean? man. Yeah, hear- you're perfect. Right. Um, first of I all, heard everything you guys said yeah. during the break, by great. the way. It was, so, it was good. It was good stuff. Good, hard-hitting stuff. No, uh. dude, uh, I really just respect you so much. I'm not going to pretend like I knew who Eddie Kingston was like three years ago. Um, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I was on the Indies grinder. Yeah. (laughs) No, and that's what is so amazing. And I know you probably get asked about your Players' Tribune piece so much, but I'm telling you, like, even for non-wrestling fans, reading that piece was so impactful. Like, I I just love your story. I love you. Um, Your journey makes me want to run through a damn wall. And I know you're like, I don't like compliments and all that stuff, but... Yeah, you know me very well. I know she can see my face. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just... I don't, I don't like it because I'm just being me. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm telling my side of the story and how things affected me. You know what I mean? I don't know how it affected anybody else. And to be honest with you, there's only a handful of people I care enough about to know if, how it affected them. Everyone else, you know, move on. I'm trying not to curse. You know, yeah. just yeah. keep it moving. <laughs> Dude, we do the same thing. Um... But uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm just being me. But yeah, thank you, though. I appreciate all the love. It's just... It's hard for me to take love in. You no, know what I mean? Well, so I, I, it feels good, but it's still weird. Yeah, totally. no, I hear you on that. And you wrestled for a long time before things start popping off for you. And you talk about how you just stay you stay true to yourself. Was that challenging to stay true to yourself when you're trying to, like, grind and get to that next level? Well, to, to be honest with you, I had to really learn how to grow up first. You know, when I was staying true to myself early in my career, I was just being a dumb kid. You know what I mean? Not taking crap from anybody when sometimes, you know, there was no reason to die on that hill. You know what I mean? Or there was no reason for me to defend so-and-so when it had nothing to do with me. And and telling the promoter to F off and this and that. (laughs) But, you know, once you, you know, you start maturing and you start seeing what life really is, you know, you, you, you have to stay true to yourself in the sense of, like, I never went to a promoter I never went to a booker and never, as they say, uh, politic. I don't call it politic and I call it just looking out for yourself. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I believe that whatever company I was with, independent company I was with, if I do good for them, 
and they do good, I have another, I have, I have a job the next month. I see. I, you know, we, we work obviously in uh sports broadcasting business, right? You know, like media, it's cutthroat and yeah. everyone, the, there's so many people with different paths. And for so long, in this business, it was the people that went to the high-level broadcasting school <laughs> and has an agent to help them get to the next level. You know, like it was that path or you're not going to make it. And your story, your path, it's different. The grind, it's special what you had to go through to get to this spot. But I want to know, what was it like in the indie scene for you and then – transitioning obviously to AEW. Well, in, in the beginning, the indie scene was rough, of course, because, you know, you're paying your dues and you're traveling hours and maybe getting 10 bucks or, 10 you know, bucks? well, you know, five people in the yeah. car and they give you like $60 for all five of you. Wow. You, know, you know what I mean? And then you get jammed back in that car and you go to the next town or the next show and, for a, for a very long time, I was wrestling Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but in a car with a bunch of guys just stuck in the car together. And then there, there were the other days, you know, later on in my career, it was being flown, but it was like flying at 5 a.m., landing, not being able to check into your hotel until whatever time, getting maybe an hour of sleep. Then you get all hopped up on energy drinks to wrestle. Go back to sleep in the hotel for an hour. Wake up, catch another flight to wherever you got to go. You know what I mean? That that of course changed, but it was always oh you always traveled. It didn't matter. And then it also changed when you're young. You're showing you always show respect, but when you're young, you're just trying to learn and and you're soaking everything in. And as time went on, I was able to you know help certain guys and give them the knowledge that I learned from other guys. You know, and while still learning myself because I learned. From Jerry Lynn, actually, and I'll, I'll drop a name because I love Jerry. Oh, so yeah. people who don't know who Jerry Lynn is, you know, there's a Google thing now. You know what I mean? You can, <laughs> it's YouTube and other daily yeah. motion and other streaming things as well. I don't want to take money from nobody, you know. But, you know what I mean? All, all that stuff. And, and Jerry said to me, very plain and simple, I don't know anything, Eddie. I, always, I learn something new every day in wrestling. And when he told me that, I said, this guy's been everywhere. And you trying to tell me you don't know anything? I have no right to say I ever know mm. everything in wrestling. So, you know, you're still learning. But like I said, the indies was always a grind. I kind of liked the grind. I kind of liked being kind of the outlaw because I just accepted it. But, yeah, man, it's just it was different when I was younger because you're trying to learn everything. And then as I got older, you're just passing that knowledge along. And then also, no, no, and then AEW, man, TV's different. TV's a totally different animal, yeah. man. To the point where, you know, I, I had to cut down my friends. You know what I mean? My supposed friends in wrestling. Because, you know, I'm just going to, you know, I'm honest, but yeah. like, I'm not talking crap about anybody, but it, it changes people. Sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad. You know what I mean? And I don't blame people. I don't get mad at people. That's you, dog. That's you're going through that. That's your own mental thing you got to go through. You know what I mean? But that's the biggest difference is that more people change because TV is a different beast and everybody's trying to get on. 
And there's not that many hours, especially for AEW yeah. to get on. You know what I mean? But I'm not hating on nobody. You do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. You know, and, and if my way works, awesome. My way doesn't work. I can retire and leave wrestling knowing I did everything my way, good or bad. So what what makes you in love with this business? Uh, it's all started when I was a hyper kid in the Bronx, University Avenue, and my poor, beautiful Puerto Rican mother <laughs> couldn't control me. And she found out, she just bought a random wrestling tape. I believe it was WrestleMania 3. And she just put it on, and I sat quiet for three, four hours. And she blew her, she lost her mind. I mean, you, you sounding she quiet go, sounds, that doesn't seem possible. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it, it kind of is now. But again, you put on wrestling, I'll watch yeah. wrestling, or you put on the giant Yankee game or the Nick game, I'll be, I'll be quiet for a couple hours. But uh, yeah, she just started renting videos from video visions in the Bronx and just any wrestling she can get. So I would watch everything. And I just fell in love with it because I just fell in love with the characters. I fell in love with the violence, especially when by mistake, she bought me Memphis's bloodiest brawls and all that. When I was like eight, she didn't know. She just knew I was quiet, you know? And then she came in and she saw everyone bleeding and she went, what is this? But she saw I was quiet. So, and then uh, when I broke in, my favorite part about it is, is when you think about something in the ring and you do it and the people react the way you thought they would. That's just, that's a high that you just, I wish everyone could feel, feel at least once. Yeah. That's the one you're chasing all the time. Yeah, I dream of that. I feel like if I <laughs> yes. were to do it all over again, yes. I'd want to be a pro wrestler because, like, that, that feeling yeah. of the crowd, like, I can't even picture that. Uh, Chris in the other room, he's a huge wrestling fan. I have a question for you, Eddie. Go ahead, Chris. Well, you were talking what's up, about. Chris? Hey, what's up, Eddie? <laughs> you were talking about, like, the connections of the fans, and it's so cool. I tell everyone, it's just like, I. What are you going to see on AEW? I was like, I don't care. I want to see Eddie Kingston do what Eddie <laughs> Kingston does. <laughs> That's what I'm excited to do. But you talked about COVID hit. You had to sell some of your gear to pay the bills yeah. and that. And the fans, I heard a story. There was a fan that actually gave you your gear back. Yes. That- <laughs> in, uh, in L.A. when I was at Defy, when I beat up Rocky Romero, the office guy. He's going to love that I said that. I hope <laughs> someone tagged him in that. I love Rocky. You know I'm playing office. Uh but yeah, he gave it to me and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, I just want to support you here. Wow. And it was in a plastic bag. And I was like, what do I thank you? <laughs> and I gave him a hug. And I was like, I, I don't know what else to say, dog, but like, thanks. But did, when did you, you start? You're not no- going to see me cry. I'll buy you dinner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe, but not like expensive. When like did you start? IHOP or something, you know, Denny's. <laughs> it was it was cool though. I'm just I'm playing. Yeah, it was what, very what... cool, and it showed me a good side of people. And I grew up, and I still find there's not a really a lot of good people out there. But when you meet them, it's a it's a special thing. So that dude, big shout out, big love to him. When did you start noticing that connection with the fans? Like, oh, these guys are on I still my side. I don't notice it. I don't oh, really? It. No, I don't. I don't get it every time. Before I go out, little inside baseball, every time before I go out, uh, I'm Catholic, so I have a lot of Catholic guilt, too, which, you know. But <laughs> I, uh, before I go out, I, I make the sign of the cross, and I hope and pray to God that these people cheer or boo uh, 
or make some type of noise because I get nervous every time that when my music hits, it's going to be crickets. That's wild. It's a, it's a thing. Everyone says I'm nuts. It's a thing. I just, and then like, by the time I walk out the curtain, I don't care anymore because I'm so in the zone. And I'm like, okay, Eddie Kingston now. It's no more, I don't want to say, oh, whatever, I'll say my real, you know, whatever, my real name. It's not him anymore. It's Eddie Kingston now. And that was me when I was 17. So it's time to go to the ring and I'm going to fight. So I really don't, by that point, I'm in character, I guess you could say, in air quotations. And in, in, in character, I just don't hear the people at that point. But I, I hope that they react, you know what I mean? And there's very few people in wrestling I trust, so I'll go to them and be like, hey, uh, did they, like, react the same or less or more? And they'll be like, yeah, what are you, nuts? And I'll be like, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> that- what I do for a living. It's wild to me. I was going to ask you about this, too, because I feel like when the journey's so long to get to a certain spot and you've thought about giving up at times, you almost feel overlooked. You got a chip on your shoulder. And I always think that people like that always have a chip on their shoulder, even when they have made it. So my question is, do you feel like you've made it? No, Mm. because I'm not done. When I retire and look back on it, then I can either tell you, A, I made it, or B, eh. But at least I had fun. That's what I don't know. I'll say, at least I did what I wanted to do for a living. You know what I mean? I look at my father, and I look at my uncles, and I, and I look at the other male figures in my life, my family. And, you know, they worked hard all their lives. You know what I mean? But they didn't get to do what they wanted to do. And I'm blessed enough to be able to do that. So, no, I'm not satisfied. You know what I mean? I want to, it's not about me being known or, or legacy or something. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people say that yeah. and they, they want to be this and that champion. And of course, yeah, I want to be champion, but my legacy is with my peers. Cause at the end of the day, my peers know who I really am. That's... And they know if I did business correctly, they know if, if I did it bad, you know what I mean? They know if I was a hothead all the time and didn't change. You know what I mean? They know it. They know what goes on back there. So that's that's my thing. I want the respect of all my peers, especially my heroes like Jun Akiyama. Look him up. Google him. That's my man. You know what I mean? And I want my. I just want my respect from my peers at the end of the day. Then I'll be satisfied, that, I say. That... I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, that's, you know, like when you're doing something you love, it's great to have that respect from the people that love the same craft as you. And, you know, I want to go back to just July 20th, 2020. Um, AW obviously sees your work, asks you to come in. Mm. What? I have chills in this moment, Eddie. I know, because I want to ask you what you remember about that moment, but I'll never forget for me. Let's talk about us for a second. Yeah, yeah, okay. I know we have Eddie here, but yeah. (laughs) No. I see you I'm watching Dynamite. I'll never forget it, right? And there's a challenge happening with yep. Cody. You come out and do you come out Authentic. on the mic and it's like, oh my, this is what works in yes. this era. Being real, being authentic. And it you come out with the mic. I had never seen you before. Yeah. It was like, I, I have no idea who this guy is. And that moment, I'm like, I love this guy. Was, I'm at home going, this guy is 
relates to a lot of people. He's That's what it hot. was. That's Not what it was. Any crap. It was like it felt relatable oh. in the sense of it felt real. Like it was coming from your heart. But then, you know, and that's what's so special about wrestling is when when someone even fakes an injury and you're like, are they hurt? Are they not hurt for you? It was like, it was, whoa, is he serious? Is he not serious in this moment? I can't tell. Um, But what do you remember about that moment, that day? Well, uh, first getting the phone call. uh, So like you said, during the pandemic, I was selling my gear to pay for the mortgage. And uh, I just finally had an independent show ICW and they were like, Hey, if you want to grab the mic at the end of your match, go ahead. I said, Oh, all right. You know? And I just went into it throwing out challenges. And one of the challenges I threw out were the Cody Rhodes. I didn't think it was going to get any traction or anything. It was just me talking my trash and moving on, you know, then I get the phone call and everybody tells me like, were you excited? Did you think it was a tryout? I, I know, honestly, first thing I said to QT was, okay, cool, man, how much? I just wanted to know about that. I didn't know this was going to lead to anything. I just wanted to be able to pay another, you know, month. Uh, But when I get there, seeing all the guys that I knew from the independents there, like, I just felt comfortable right away. You know, because I know all these guys. I grew up with a lot of them, and I seen a lot of them grow up. And, uh, but the moment going out there, you know what I mean? I, I, I just, I blank a lot. Like I blank out. Like I have to go back and watch it yeah. to really see what I said and what I did. But uh, I just kept thinking about the movie Taxi Driver. That's why I wore that shirt out there like two weeks before the match. And I just watched it and, and like kind of went, you know, what would Travis Bickle kind of say in this moment? And I just took a little bit of reality. I won't tell you what it is and what what wasn't real. But I take a little bit of reality and I make it mine. And then that's why I came out and said what I said to Cody. And, you know, God bless Cody, man. He went in there and he he danced with me. It was a rough dance, but he danced. Yeah. You know, I remember seeing him come back with a busted lip and I just went, oh, okay. (laughs) Where where do I get the check? You know, (laughs) that's. That's all I was worried about at that time. And then that moment, you turn it turns into getting yeah. a, a deal with AEW. Also, I want to ask you: yeah. Were you nervous when they? Uh, hey, you're going to have the mic. Uh, by the way, live on TNT at the time. No, I wasn't nervous, man. I was so oh, worried yeah. about paying the bills. Wow. You know what I mean? I didn't want to move. I didn't want to move back home. I didn't want to move back in with my mother. I didn't want to feel like a loser because that's what I would have felt like, and I would have felt like 18 years of this was a waste. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have got out of... People know the mental health I talk about. I would have went into a hole. Like, I know myself. You know what I mean? I would have tried to stop it by, you know, working through it with what therapy has taught me over the years, but still, I would have went into that hole for a while. So I just wanted to be able to not move back into my parents' place for another month. You know... That's all I was thinking about. You bring up going back into that hole, and, you know, it's mental health now is being talked about more than ever and and people like yourself that are being open about what you've gone through. Um, were you surprised at kind of all the comments you received after being open about what you've been through? Because I feel like, I know you didn't do it for this, but like 
you helped a lot of people yeah. out, you know, like, oh my God, like he went through this, like I'm going through this. It, this is okay. There's ways to that I can work on myself and, and, and be open about what I'm going through. You know, uh, it wasn't surprising that so many people are going through yeah. what they're going through because I've seen it. You know what I mean? I've seen it my whole life and then I've seen it in myself, you know? Uh, it's overwhelming when people give me compliments and stuff. And I just tell them, hey, just to let you know, no one's ever cured from this. This is an everyday thing. Like, I got to take my Zoloft pill in the morning. You know what I mean? I get mad every day about something and I got to calm myself and go through the motions. You know what I mean? It's an everyday struggle. This never ends. You know what I mean? If you want to be, if you want to love yourself, this never ends. You know? And that's all I tell them. I thank them. They can see I get a little shy and awkward about it, you know? Yeah. But I always want them to know, like, hey, no, no, no. There's no such thing as a cure to this. You know what I mean? Just like there's no such thing as normal. You make your own yeah. normal. You know what I'm saying? And I told them straight up, like, I'm never, it's, it's never ending. You know, but it's really satisfying, though when you're able to work through things and, and see the other side a little bit sooner than you would, you know, instead of me being in that hole of, uh, I call it the hole of like hatred for, for self. Yeah. When you get out of that hole, you know, back in the day, it would take me years to get out of that hole and then I would get right back in. You know what I mean? But now, you know, I'm, I'm being able to work at it now. Maybe instead of years, it's months. Maybe instead of months, it's weeks. Maybe it's a day. Maybe it's, it all depends. You know, and I also tell people too, you got to keep your circle small and you got to really be able to trust that circle. And I, and I have a very good circle of people around me, you know, so it takes a lot. Absolutely. It takes a village. It takes work. Yeah. And I just tell people all the time, ain't, ain't nobody, no, I ain't better than nobody. You know what I mean? Like I'm working through it. So to me, since I'm just a normal dude anyway, I'm just me, you know? If I can do it, anybody can do it. So I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear, no, I can't, or no, I don't have this. No, I'm like, no, you're just saying no because you don't want to. Because that's what I used to do. I used to want to sit in it. As my father would say, you know, you're sitting in your SHIT. Yeah. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to sit in it. Yeah. And it's, that's fine. But once you realize that, you got to get up and go. You know, that's just how I feel. You know, <laughs> not everyone has to feel like. No, no. I hear it. No, I love it, Chris. What? what go ahead, Eddie. You were talking about your match with uh, Akiyama. Is there anyone out there that's like, oh man, if I got my wish, this is who I want to mm. get in the ring next? Oh man, there's too many. There's way too many for me to list. But um, let me think. Tanahashi is one. Again, Google him. Okada as well. Google him. You know what I mean? Uh, Eugene Nagata is another one. There's a lot of Japanese guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Go Shinzaki, I would love to get in the ring with. And, you know what I mean? Just in general, I would like to go to Japan. You know, when I went in 2011 for Osaka Pro, and I would love to go back. You know what I mean? I like that uh, style of wrestling. You know what I mean? People got mad when I said, I just don't like the WWF wrestling. My man. People who get mad about that, I laugh because it's kind of like, who am I working for? Right. Of course I'm going to tell them they're the best. <laughs> it's the same thing as me being a Yankee fan. The Yankees can be in last place 
and the Red Sox in first place, and I'll still say the Red Sox suck. Yeah. It's the same thing. <laughs> so it's all relaxed. It's all calmed down. But, in fact, to me, Japanese wrestling is the best professional wrestling in the world. It's what caught my eye. That in Memphis wrestling and uh, ECW as well. Yeah. That's the stuff that caught my eye as I got older and, and wanted to do. So, yeah, there's a lot of Japanese guys. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's I'll write a list someday and be like, all right, this, this yeah. is it. Let's go. <laughs> AEW is coming to San Francisco for Revolution. Then here in Sacramento that Wednesday for Dynamite and Rampage. Eddie, have you ever been to Sacramento? No, I haven't. Mm. You I know haven't. what? And I know you're a Knicks fan. You know they play in Sacramento the next night. So I may not be at Sacramento, though. Oh. It all depends. Yeah. It, all, it okay. all depends how... Certain things go okay. in yep. the locker room. Okay. With the office. Okay. Well, I <laughs> hope, with this I hope match you are. That's coming up Wednesday. Not real happy about it. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to have a talk. Me and then I'm not going to say who's the office. Everyone knows about Tony, yeah. but there's others. We we all got to get together and talk. Well, I hope you are in Sacramento, bit. dude. The the crowd would love to see you. I mean, it, it's, it's. I love. Yeah. I want to go everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean, I want to go everywhere, but I also, you know. I got to be a businessman and put my foot down at some point. I love it. In a calm manner. That's what I'm still trying to learn. In a calm, Hey, it's, it's a delicate manner. balance, but you know what? Stick up for yourself. Yeah. You're damn right. That's what you got to do. Otherwise, people are going to walk yeah, all over you. but then the New Yorker comes out of me, and they just hear my volume and not my word. You know what I mean? I'm true. trying to learn. You know, yeah. like I said, I'm ever-growing. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm trying yes. to learn how to, you know, calmly speak. I like it. Well, Without no curse words and... <laughs> sweating as i'm yelling and my hands moving everywhere you know what i mean just trying yeah. to maybe stay in the chair a little bit and talk you for know? sure well i'm at least glad that we got to see you in person at grand slam we yeah. were there for that event which yeah, was so cool uh and i imagine home. that must have been epic for you at home to feel yeah that. anytime i'm in new york yeah. that's home you know what i mean that's, you can't replace home doesn't matter where you move to or what you do you can never replace home well, Eddie, I can't thank you enough for the time, man. I could probably talk to you all day, of course, through the break. But uh, seriously, you're the absolute best. We appreciate you taking the time to just talk about your journey. And, uh, man, we wish you the best of luck. It's it's amazing what you've accomplished, man. I can't wait to see what's in store for you, man. I, I You know what, man? Like I said, I don't know what to say to all that, no, but fine. thank you, and, and I appreciate it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, I'm the same way, so I get that. Yeah. I don't like the comp- – Yeah. I, I hear you, man. But uh, Thanks, Eddie. Yeah, you're the best. Thank you. Man. We love you, man. All right, Eddie. Eddie <laughs> Kingston. Thank you so appreciate much, man. Appreciate y'all, man. Thank you. That's the one and only Eddie Kingston, man. Dude, he's just a real one. He is. I love it. I love I love how hard it is for him to take his compliments, you know, knowing that and then hearing it and seeing that obviously through an interview. That was really cool. Yeah, Eddie Kingston, um, for those who don't know him, he works for AEW, does some stuff with New Japan too, and he's just a, a guy that like he was detailing. I mean, it took him like twenty years to get to this and the way it happened was he got an opportunity because of a promo he cut on an independent scene mm. that was posted on the internet. Then he ends up on AEW television. He k- crushes it with a guy named Cody Rhodes on the mic, in the ring, gets an opportunity, and here he is. And you could tell he still hasn't felt like he's made it. Anyway, inspiring. All I could say is I just love the fact that um, even if you're not a wrestling fan, you can connect to it because it's like, chase those dreams, dude. Like, go after it. Don't give up. If you love something, go get it. Do it.
Uh, we can talk more about King stuff coming up next because it was an amazing weekend for the Sacramento Kings. They've won three in a row, 35 and 25, and they'll be Eddie Kingston's Knicks coming up on national TV. <laughs> it's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. On Sacktown Sports. On the near side, finds Sabonis. Back to the basket. Here's a double team poker away attempt by Isaiah Joe, weak side. He protects, gives to Lyles, out to Fox for three. Oh, that could be a dagger. De'Aaron Fox saluting those fans courtside across the way with a salute after nailing the triple that makes it 124 to 112. Minute 30 yet to go. That was the dagger. Shout out to the G Man, Gary Gerald, calling game number three. Thousand, an uncre- incredible or incredible, incredible, an unincredible fate. <laughs> uh, seriously, shout out G Man. He got the defensive player of the game chain from the team, and the Kings have to be feeling great coming out of the All Star break. There was so much talk. They didn't do anything at the trade deadline. Oh, they're playing kind of eh, going into the All Star break. What's going on? Well, they come out of the gates and they're taking care of business. They beat the Blazers at home. They handle. On the second, and I have a back-to-back, the ultimate punch. The Clippers throwing haymakers. They saw Kawhi Leonard drop 21 points on them in the third quarter. They got down 14 points in the fourth quarter in L.A. with, like, what, three and a half, four minutes to go? Mm-hmm. And what they do? What they do? Respond. Oh, yeah, they did. Malik Monk forcing overtime. How about that three ball, oh by God. the way? That whole, I, oh. that now feels almost like a year ago, just that play alone in the way that you think about it. They talked about it after the game. Jay Triano um, wrote that one out. He's good at those, you know, last minute three plays coming out of a sideline, out of bounds play or half court offense, whatever. And you had De'Aaron Fox. Going baseline, you thought he was going to get a quick, easy two, and you're like, what are you doing? You need a three. You need a three. And then he continues to go. Defense commits to him, passes it out to Malik Monk, who relocates. Just Mm. so much smart basketball happening in that last play. Here's how it sounded. Fox takes the dribble to the left, hesitates, in attack mode, drives inside, kicks to the corner. Here's Monk. He launches for three. He's got the triple. This game's tied. One second to go. Inbounds pass to Kawhi Leonard. A 60-foot three. It's the front rim, and we're going to overtime. Incredible. And by the way, when Monk hit that three, I like jumping up and down. I wasn't even paying attention that Kawhi launched that. Yeah. He almost made that I shot, know. which would have been the ultimate heartbreaking way to lose a game. Well, Could you imagine? Especially because you're seeing in some of these games right now, Deuce, those guys making those half-court shots at the end of games. Joel Embiid had one the other night that wasn't. That was obviously last night. Um, Paul George had That's one at was. the end of overtime in the Nuggets win. He launched it was not good, but still Crazy. went in. And so, yeah, it's just scary when you're seeing those shots. I'm sorry, become... that was in the fourth quarter. Fourth, fourth quarter? quarter, okay. Those shots are getting easier and easier for some of these guys. So I don't care who it is taking the shot back there. I don't want to see it. And then they go to overtime, down six, end up coming back, double overtime, down six. They win that game, 176 points. It's still hard to even fathom a game that you see 176, 175, and the Kings coming out in the front end of that. Like, mm. it was the biggest test of the year they faced, and they passed it. They passed and the test. Then you're kind of worried about the next game, Sunday. Even without SGA, you're going, 
all right, is there like some emotional hangover when you play that long of a game, that emotional of a game, you're on the ultimate high, do you come crashing down? You know, like people go to um, those EDM shows and they take a whole bunch of Molly oh. and then the shows are over. Yeah. And then you like they fall into a dark depression. Deuce, but that yes, that is correct. That, so that's how the game could have gone yesterday. That is what drugs do to people and that's, that's what why I'm saying, you though. don't do drugs. I know. And I've never done that, but when thank I Thank God. I, you think can you imagine me at an EDM no. show? Dun, 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 I actually dun, could. Dun, dun. No. With like fur. What did they wear like the fur and the lights? I do have a fur jacket. Mm-hmm. You do? That yeah. lights up. Mm. No, but like there can be an emotional hangover after a game like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And then they win that game. Like, well, that's <sighs> okay. That was my favorite thing about the OKC game, Deuce, was the way that they came out. They came fast out, fast paced, looking strong, looking good, locked in. Uh, I wasn't expecting that since the amount of minutes you were watching some of these guys play on Friday night. How many times have we seen games? A day later, two days later, they look yeah. They look more fatigued after more rest at times. In this one, they came out strong against the Thunder. I loved the way that they came locked in. I feel like their mentality has shifted to another level since the All-Star break. Fox played 45 minutes in that game against the Clippers. Monk played 40 in that game. Keegan Murray played just under 43 minutes in that game. Just wild. Absolutely insane. We got to talk more about it coming up next, but I do want to say this in celebration of the Kings winning, in celebration of Ooh. Eddie Kingston being on the show. Ooh. If you're caller number 10 right now Ayo. at 916 339 1140, you will win a pair of tickets to see AEW. Yes, you can feel the fallout of Revolution March 8th at Golden One Center with All Elite Wrestling comes to Sacramento for the first time. It'll be on national TV. You got Dynamite and Rampage at Golden One Center. Oh, I can't wait. Get your seats today. GoldenOneCenter.com slash events. You can get more information on contests and articles by Frankie on the King's Big Win at SacktownSports.com. But caller number 11, get your AEW tickets. Or, I'm sorry, I didn't say 11. What did I say, 10? It's a 10. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. We don't want to get sued. 10, 10, 10. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. Oh, what a time to be in Sacramento, Morgan. What a time to be doing a show. I grew up in Sacramento as a kid listening to this station being obsessed with everything Kings, being on message boards, and now being a part of it where I'm like, wait, I get to be on every single day yeah, and talk about what is happening, and it's a good time to do it. Dude. Like, this team is 10 games above 500. We were talking about, like, who is the dog of the weekend. We put a poll question up about candidates. Is it Fox? Is it Caitlin Clark? Is it Dame Lillard? Or is it G-Man? Is G-Man winning in the poll question? Let's see. We got right now, we have... G-Man, G-Man at 62%, yeah. De'Aaron Fox at 31%, Dame at 4 Caitlin Clark at 4 Okay, And so, even I saw some people go, Caitlin Clark, question mark? Um, it's She's a college hooper. As Eddie Kingston would say, Google it. Yeah, just um, Google it. Someone Iowa. also mentioned in the chat, youtube.com slash sacktownsports1140, that one of their favorite moments of the weekend was just Mike Brown that in that Clippers game during a timeout saying, let's effing go. Yeah. Dude, you could t- 
you can you said this earlier and i agree like brown has really set the tone of the importance like hey guys the playoffs start now you're hunted i still don't know about the hunted thing but but it, it doesn't matter you're the number three seed yep. and you are in this, like you want to stay here. We got to come out and play with that type of intensity. And the, the quote from Brian Windhorst today, who yeah. said that the Lakers want to play the Kings in the first round, quote, an inexperienced team, and quote, that's fine. You can call them inexperienced. They do have a few players who have playoff experience. Mm-hmm. But like these games right now, feel like playoff games sure. and they're true tests. When you go on the road and win the way they did against elite talent against the Clippers, then the, in the third game in four nights, you win in OKC the game against Dallas. Like they are getting some reps ahead of time in meaningful games. Dude. And really quick too, something that wasn't even talked about today, which is hilarious. to Think about it now. And Monk and Fox mentioned it when they were asked about it in the post game, but that was Russ's first game with the Clippers. That was his debut with the Clippers. You mentioned that post game. Can we just hear it one more time? One more time. time. One Let's more, time. One more time. Here's Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox after that game. What's the statement that you guys have made tonight as the Sacramento Kings? Uh, was, it talk, was it thoughts about Westbrook or was it thoughts about us? Because I don't give a, I don't, I don't give a f- who's over there. Yeah, we ain't worried about that. It doesn't matter. We're yeah, some, man, we here. We you see, here. You see the league, the talent in this league. There are a lot of talented teams. Obviously, he added talent to this team. Um, but we come in, we worry about us. We here too, though. We coming at everybody, for sure. That's confidence. It is. That's a belief, and that starts with Mike Brown instilling this group with the confidence, the structure, the accountability, and these guys buying into every single portion of it. And when you say stuff like that, that's not fake. That that Those were genuine, like, hey, no, we belong here. It's not like, oh, we're better than everybody. No. It's like, hey – I see all the talking heads on the national media. Like Brian Windhorst say that. Well, the Lakers who are below 500, not mm-hmm. even in the play-in right yes. now, are saying, oh, we want to see the Kings in the first round. You got to get to the first round first. You got to get in playing. If you get into the first round, yeah. Kings are going to have home court. So be careful what you wish for. And I think more and more teams are starting to realize the Kings are not going to be an easy team to compete with. Someone said to me last night when I was at the NBC studios, they were talking about the Kings being first round of playoffs. And they're like, oh, like they'll get to the second round if they're taking on the Mavs. And I was like, I, I took a step back. And I was like, ah, I'm not there yet. And the reason, the the main reason is experience where you can factor that in. And I think that's fair that I'm factoring that in. But I also do have to look at team dynamics and what the Kings are as a complete basketball team compared to what the Mavs are as a complete basketball team right now. And even the the Kings and Mavs both have bad defenses, but you're seeing the Kings build a chemistry and a bond on the defensive end that is allowing them to at least cover up yeah. some of their flaws defensively. Well, and the Mavs have a lot to work through. I mean, Jason Kidd had some really interesting remarks after the game. Um, he was just talking about, after the loss, saying, I'm not the savior here. I'm not playing. I'm watching just like you guys. Weird thing for a coach to say. Because <laughs> as a team, we've got to mature. We've got to grow up. If we want to win a championship, there's no young team that's ever won a championship mentally or physically, as he often does. Uh, by the way, this piece says Luca consistently argued 
calls and non-calls throughout the course of the game several times while the ball is in play. Kid says, quote, just focus on that play. Can't get distracted with the whistle and just keep playing. It just happens that way. We've seen a lot of basketball. When you have big leads, you know which way the whistle is going to go, end quote. My thing with Luca, you can acknowledge how talented of a player he is Absolutely. at 23 years old. And because I say this now doesn't mean I don't think Luca's ever going to reach new heights, but Luca right now doesn't play a championship brand of basketball Mm-mm. because of his emotions. He has DeMarcus Cousins level of emotions on the floor. And if they can take you out of a game, like he got taken out yesterday against the Lakers, yep. you're not going to win a championship. And he's been taken out before. And, but this is the, you got to have some grace with it, right? You sure. look at De'Aaron Fox. It took him six years in the league, six seasons to get to where he is right now. Luca comes in as already legendary player, sure. but you can see the youth and the immaturity factor in and taken away from his game. So at 22 years old, you talk about him maturing and understanding, putting the right people around him, getting in the right shape and getting in the right shape mentally as well. He will be the the legend that he was born to be in the NBA. I just think when I look at the Mavs right now, of course you see Luka and Kyrie and go, that's really explosive. That's going to be dangerous. What else is around them that right? you trust? And then defensively, you saw it. Like, the size is an issue for them, right? Yep. I, I look at the Kings depth and I go, I trust this Kings depth far more. Because I it's trust the discipline weapons. too. Yes, they play more of a team style uh-huh. of game. And I think that's where the Kings often get overlooked. It's like, yeah, you got Fox and Sabonis, but it's not just Fox and Sabonis. The fact that you can have someone come off your bench and drop 45, that you've had seven players this year score 30 or more. The offensive game is ridiculous. The biggest question you have with this group is come playoff time when maybe the game slows down a little bit and the experienced teams try to dictate things. How do you handle it? I go back to Friday night, and I know it's not a playoff game. I know. But that Kings-Clippers game, the Kings dictated the pace of that game. Well, They, they played at their style. They did, and what worked also for the Clippers was the addition of Russell Westbrook, obviously, who helped push the Clippers' pace mm-hmm. as well and said, hey, this is the style that we're going to play when I'm in here. But then he was taken out last night um, against... The Nuggets. The Nuggets because of just mismatches, right? So, like, they're going to have to figure out their flow. Uh, The Kings, they will have to figure out their flow in the postseason. It will be adjusted, but I think these are adjustments that they are ready for with what um, they have in place with Mike Brown as their leader, their manager, their coach. Well, coming up next, we got Cattles and Rami. They're going to be on from 2 to 6 tonight talking everything that went down this wild weekend for the Sacramento Kings. We are off tomorrow, but don't get it twisted. It's going to be live and local. 10 to 2, you'll have Jay Mars and Chris Watkins. Don't miss that. We will be back Wednesday. We love you guys, but we got to go. See ya!